But Gabriel, when you dream of flying, you're supposed to dream of sex. Well, what, ha- what does that mean when you're dreaming of sex? It means, Rose Walker, that you gon' get it. Yeah, sure. Hit the theme music. <laughs> All right. I did clap, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. All right. I'm very distracted right now. We're back in old Top Gallant studio. We're back at it, everyone. Yeah, in over two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we record, not, you know, the listeners don't know, but we, you know, it's been like a little bit of a gap since the last time we mm-hmm. got together in our old stuffy little closet yeah, here. Yeah, we, we have to have a little break from one another because, as yeah. you listeners can tell, every week we're at each other's throats. Yeah, we're just ready to kill each other. Yeah, it's going to be fucking murder. It's going to be bedlam. It's going to be, um, oh, God damn it. I was gonna say, I was gonna be like, what's the thing that Trump says? No, it's bedlam. It's bedlam. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be bedlam. 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 Yeah. Uh-huh. China. Bedlam, Pennsylvania. Welcome, dear listener readers. Hello, everyone. To slow readers. Your weekly fast-paced literature podcast. Our creakiest one. If you can hear my my chair when I, I move know. I was gonna ignore it. Uh, this is the only podcast about books. It's <laughs> only podcast about literature. This is the only podcast about the written word. Oh, and, and using our wonderful new branding given to us by our friends back east, this is the only expliterature podcast yes. on the market. Expliterature. We are the bad boys of literature podcasting, <laughs> saying the only <laughs> dirty words you can say when it comes to books. Yeah, we say things like, Cumberbatch. We say things like split spine. We say things like Alien 3. We say things like Dirk Mags. We say things like Neil Gaiman. We say things <laughs> like Corinthians. We are... Not like in a church way. Yeah, I don't know what a Corinthian is. Oh, like, you know, it's like a, a, a people. You know, like there's always pe- St. Like Paul's letters the... to the Corinthians, that kind of thing. Okay, so Cor- Corinth was a place? Yes. All right, so um, so yeah, we fucked up the intro. Mm, That's all right. While. It's been a while. It's been a while. Gabriel, mm-hmm. I did say this to slow readers, right? Yes. Okay, good. Thank God, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Now the next thing that we should probably do. Yeah. Uh, Gabriel. Uh-huh. Who and what are you? Hello, everyone. My name is Gabe Mara. I'm a comedian. Every now and again, I'm a writer and a podcast producer. And if you want yourself a whole steaming cup of froze, come to the bar at Oyster House in Studio City, Los Angeles. Uh-huh. Co-host, who are you? I am taking a drink. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I am. Dennis. I tried to flush know, that know, out while you were taking the water. No, no, no. I know. I know. I was just. I just. I'm just announcing what's going on. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, I am Daniel Gonzalez, an audio Gonzalez, producer. Gonzalez, speaking Gonzalez. of taking a drink. Yeah, <laughs> that we our rhythm is way up. We are trying to drink constantly while starting the show. <laughs> yeah, it's a must. <laughs> I mean, it is. Well, yeah, Gabriel, you opened up this really nice. I'll introduce myself in a moment. Uh-huh. You inter- You opened up this really nice wine. That's yeah, really good. A really nice uh, Pinot Noir. Uh, Local. It, it immediately wanted me to keep drinking water. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but that's it. I am Daniel Gonzalez. Yay. An audio producer, editor, writer, and an author of fiction. If you like the sounds of our voices, if you like the tone of our timbre, and uh-huh. if you just want to support our show, press one button to support it. Press subscribe. Press a star count. And if you can be bothered, please write a review. Yeah. And if you do so, you can be one of the many lucky people who've had their review read on air. Fuck yeah. And you can listen to us have our feelings hurt. Fuck yeah. Uh, Come at us. Our feelings have never been hurt. No, I've respected once. every single uh, review that we've gotten. Mm-hmm. Everything from Johnny No Thumbs Accurate to every single time to moderately entertaining. Yeah, uh, a podcast that's too much. Like two guys are talking about a book they read, and of course there's Kiara who just likes us for who we are. Yeah, what was the other one? Moderately entertaining. Did I say that already? Yeah, no, just no. one listen. 
Just one listen, but four stars. And yeah, I'm, hey. I mean, I'll take hey, that it. Guy, whatever. That, that guy liked our show. He had four stars because mm-hmm. of Johnny No Thumbs. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Our number one champion. All right, that said. So this, <laughs> I'm tired now. Yeah. Um, Gabriel. Can you learn the volume in the cans a little bit? Oh, my God. Wait, hold on. Jesus Christ. There, is that fine? Much better. Jesus Christ, you and your hearing. Yeah, I'm, I'm losing my hearing, apparently. You, you really are. It's not good. Yeah, no. That or I think it's the uh, the worm ears in your head from Star Trek. The too. earwigs. Earwigs. Yeah. That said, okay. So mm. before you before you got all ah, my ears on me, yeah. um, I was gonna say Gabriel. Uh-huh. So let's get into it. So uh, the funny thing uh-huh. is that we didn't read a book. We did. No, we didn't. No. We listened. Well, we we read it probably about ten years ago, maybe more. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of yeah. Um. Yeah. The uh pff, the thing that we're reading is the new uh, audio adaptation. Yeah. Uh. Well, it's just called the Sandman. It's just called Audible Originals presents Neil Gaiman's The Sandman. Yes. Uh. Uh. uh Ruth's Christie's The Sandman. Yeah. Ruth's Chris's Sandman. <laughs> uh. Charles Scribner's son's The Sandman. The very worst. <laughs> uh. Yeah. There's not. Uh, I don't know how any other fancy way to say that the name is kind of weird i feel like i should it should be like the sandman colon and then like a name yeah um it's just the sandman it's the audible original wonderful full um full cast adaptation yes uh adapted directed and produced by uh dirk mags dirk mags yes not a fake name no that's a real name that name is english mm-hmm. uh and yeah no um for people who don't know uh this is based on i mean it literally is the stories from the classic comic series the sandman yeah, the first three volumes uh the the series is done by neil gaiman although technically uh the sandman was original I, i'm sure you're going to talk about this but sure, like it was, it was based on like a dc character or whatever mm-hmm. and then yeah so i'm very excited to get into this and this is based on um, if you're like me and Gabriel here and you've read the original graphic novels. Yeah. Um, this We're is, fucking nerds. This is like the first three books, I think, out of the yes. nine? Ten. Ten, including Endless Nights, though. Yes. Also, uh, I've never read the new thing. Oh, I haven't bothered reading any new things. Yeah. There, there's been the, like... The quote-unquote Sandman universe? <clears throat> well, no, I was going to say there was uh, the Sandman Overture, which was written by Neil Gaiman. Oh, yeah. I think I might have read that, the, actually. It came out like eight years ago or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think I got that from the library. Uh, I've never read that. Uh... I don't want to get too far ahead to it. Uh, I, the Endless Nights is one of the only gra- is the only graphic novel of uh, Sandman that I actually own it. Uh, back east, oh, I was reading that. I don't own any of these graphic novels either. I've only ever borrowed them, or like my brother yeah, had yeah. volume one. Uh, I, I borrowed all my. I feel like we're getting far ahead, but no, I've uh, I borrowed every single uh, 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 volume of the Sandman from the college university library. Which which <laughs> the college? college university? You know that one? Sure. It's called College University. It makes sense to me. <laughs> oh, I don't remember. If it's Brooklyn College, and technically, yeah. I think it was. Uh, I think it was. Penn State. Probably I don't fucking State. remember. But Gabriel, mm-hmm. uh, I believe you've done some research. I did a, a, a tiny little bit of research before this as well. But Gabriel, uh, uh, t- uh, enlighten us. What, uh, what the fuck? Uh, uh, what the okay. fuck? Where are we? All right. So I did very little research on this adaptation. I left that to you right. or for the inevitable part two, whenever that happens. Yeah, but, fingers crossed. So what I wanted to do is I just kind of went into um, Gaiman and Sandman itself. So I thought it would be nice, nice and straightforward. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm interested in this because... um. I don't know a lot about the, like, where Sandman came from. I know that there was an original DC character called Sandman mm-hmm. that is, that it's actually in the very beginning of the graphic novels and in this as yeah, well. Yeah, Wesley Dodds. Wesley Dodds. Um, and there might have been, like, different incarnation, incarnations of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, like... Fun I, fact, Darkwing Duck's gas gun is based on the Sandman. There you go. I don't know Darkwing Duck a lot much. What? I've been uh, calling you DW for at least 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> and you've never appreciated. You've never once called me Launchpad. And I, I, I don't. What's Launchpad? 
Oh, oh, I, I don't know what that is. Anyway, oh, oh, Daniel. So, but like, uh, but I don't know anything about like the history. I also don't really know much about Neil Gaiman himself. Sure. Well, that's what I'm here for. Okay. So that's all research for. So, Gabriel, tell us. Okie dokie. So, Neil Richard Gaiman was born November 10th, 1960, in Portchester, Hampshire, England. In 1965, the Gaimans moved to East Grinstead in West Sussex, where his parents studied. Drumroll, please. Dianetics at the Scientology Center in nice. town. One of his sisters, apparently to this day, still works for the Church of Scientology here in sunny L.A. Mm. However, Gaiman himself says he is not a Scientologist, nor does he practice Judaism, Judaism like his family did in the past. Okay. Quote, I think we can say that God exists in the DC universe. I would not stand up and beat the drum for the existence of God in this universe. I don't know. I think there's probably a 50-50 chance it doesn't really matter to me. Mm-hmm. So A real Schrodinger's God. Yeah, you know a, a real <laughs> real Bible thumper, this guy. Yeah. Gaiman was able to read at the age of four. His favorite authors included J.R.R. Tolkien, C.S. Lewis, Lewis Carroll, Edgar Allan Poe, Alan Moore, Ursula K. Le Guin, Lord Dunsany. Hey! hey there's, some, there's a little callback for Callback from last episode, yeah. Mm-hmm. Will Eisner and two authors I've never heard of, I don't know if you have, Dennis Wheatley and Roger Zelazny. They, they, I don't know. I don't think so. I, I do. I, I just have to say, what a fucking, what a brag! What I a can flex. read X four. I can read a four. My name's Neil. I don't know what age. I don't know what age children learn how to read. I don't know I, I don't, either. I could read it four. I don't know if I, I might. I could just say it. Yeah, I could. I could. <laughs> yeah, I could read like like Doctor Seuss books at four. Dude, I could. I was reading like Moby Dick at four. Oh, I know that. Yeah, that's why you know so much about whaling and scrimshaw. I, I do want to know when I was reading those uh, classics illustrated. Uh, you know those those white like hardcover books yeah, that were at, at Bridgeford. I, I had the smaller paperback once. Oh, I, I had the um, I had the big because I think I was borrowing from the library or whatever. Sure. But the library binding. What do you know? Um, but now I was thinking like, how old was I? Because I was definitely in kin- I was naturally in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was very young at the time. For yeah. It. Well, yeah. we're we're highly literary dudes, Daniel. Uh, Gabriel, did you know I could read at two? Did you know I could read from the womb? Did you know that I I fucking read Ulysses in utero? Did you know that my dad would recite Homer to my mother bef- while impregnating her? I, would, I, I, I was like, I, I That's know in your head. It's yeah, in I'm your like, head. I'm like, ah. <laughs> I wanted to stop while I was saying it. No, you know. You're, it's, that's yeah. the yes ending of this whole There's thing, There's the escalation right? there for you. Right. But anyway, really quickly, <laughs> Dennis Wheatley is actually a famous author in England from the 1930s to 1960s. Mm-hmm. He wrote occult novels and thrillers, and it's, spe- and it's said that his series about Gregory Salas was one of the main inspirations for Ian Fleming and James Bond. So okay. that's kind of cool. I, I do want to say that reminds me. I was reading a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen comics. Um, mm. I was like, I was looking up the references to the newest, the last graphic novel, The Tempest. Sure. And I was just thinking like, who are these characters? I look at them up and I was like, oh, this was a character who showed up in a lot of adventure novels in like the 20s. And I'm like, what the, how, what the, come on, more? <laughs> I didn't know who Orlando was until, like, until yeah, I read that. Like, or, like, Orlando is, like, almost too mainstream compared to a lot of the other yeah. references. Like, I'm like, did you know who A.J. Raffles was before that? What the fuck? I don't know. I don't or know. Phantomas? Yeah. I yeah. love both. Like, the, the more you read about those characters back then, A.J. Raffles <laughs> was the English equivalent to Arsene Lupin. He was a gentleman thief. Okay, that's interesting. Just yeah. in, the same, in the same thing how... Uh, Nemo's granddaughter, who mm-hmm. becomes like the next Nemo. Nemo. Um, she her story when she's pretending to be Jenny Diver is based on like a Three Penny Opera or whatever. Mm. Like that whole story is essentially like that exactly what she goes through and everything like that. Which is like that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the fuck it doesn't get. Anyway, sure. I'm sorry. Talk about Gaiman. any hoozles. By early 1980s, Gaiman was pursuing journalism and writing fiction. His first professional short story publication was a fantasy story called Feather Quest <laughs> in Imagine Magazine in May 1980. 
1984. Do you hear that game and I laughed at you? I laughed at your feather quest. Feather quest. Like, I wonder what that's about. Feathers on birds. I'm, I'm sure it was stupidly fucking good. Yeah, I bet it was actually, like, shockingly he's like, well accomplished. Yeah, he's, like, a 15-year-old, but he's, like, it also has the mental capacity of, like, a 30-year-old man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, he, he's, a, he's a dream weaver, Daniel. Yeah, he is. Anyway, also 1984, similarly, Gay Man wrote his first book, but it was a biography of the band Duran Duran, which I oh. love. That's amazing. I want a copy of that. But more importantly, and also mm-hmm. in 1984, he happened upon a copy of Alan Moore's Swamp Thing at Victoria Station. Nice. Gaiman later wrote, quote, That was the final straw. What was left of my resistance crumbled. I proceeded to make regular and frequent visits to London's Forbidden Planet to shop, buy, to, shop to buy comics. Forbidden Planet. Yeah, represent. So Gaiman became friends with Alan Moore and committed himself to writing comics. Oh, yeah? They were friends? Yeah, they were bros. Oh, that's weird. I mean, he, he started <laughs> writing comics after he became friends with them. He actually ended up writing Miracle Man after Moore was done with it. Okay. So Miracle Man, that's Marvel Man, that whole thing. He also wrote on for, wrote for 2000 AD, and where he began working with Dave McKean, who did all the covers for Sandman. Yes, we'll get to him in a moment. Who also directed Mirror Mask, which is not a good movie. I have, I have not seen that. I've seen it. When did that movie come out? Like, 04? Like, 04. So, yeah, Neil Gaiman wrote and, like, produced or whatever. Yeah. Dave, Keen di- Dave McKean directed it? Uh-huh. Okay. I but believe so. I remember seeing the artwork, and it looks like, basically, if someone took Dave McKean artwork and made a film out of it. Yeah. We'll, yeah, get, to that. we'll get to that in a moment. We'll get to that anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, um, DC Comics finally hired him in February 1987 to write the limited series Black Orchid. Karen Berger, who would eventually become the head of Vertigo, offered Gaiman a job rewriting the old character, the Sandman, the Sandman. and encouraged him to put his own spin on it. Okay. Like, like she asked him, hey, do you want to do Sandman? And he just says, uh, yeah, what's the catch? She's like, no catch. Just do whatever you want if I keep the name. Uh, I, I did hear that, um, and I think I got this from like the same Wikipedia source or whatever, but like... Uh, she said, like, she, you can do whatever you want. Uh, however, don't use the original character. Just, like, make an entirely new thing. Mm-hmm. And this is what he did. But go ahead. <laughs> yes. He makes, he takes the original character and makes him, like, a weird, weird old guy in his dreams. Yeah. Anyway, the Sandman began in January 1989, mm. even though the first issue actually went on sale November 29th, 1989. Okay. Sorry, 1988. I fucked that up. Okay. And it ended its 75-issue, 10-volume run in March 1996. Um, it would go on to become Vertigo's flagship title, obviously, mm-hmm. and is one of the first few graphic novels to ever make the New York Times bestseller list. Yeah. Hold on. Uh, let my memory is slowly working. When I talk, when we did Profit, mm-hmm. um, I remember saying, because the original Profit character, that was uh, originally uh, Vertigo as well. Was that Vertigo? I I thought it was um, I thought that was a uh, no that was um it was a uh, um uh, image I get those two or whatever con- I yeah. get those two confused I was gonna yeah. say because like I think Prophet or like Wild Storm or whatever that was part yeah of, Wild Storm that and I'm sorry for people who have no idea what any of these words mean but um I I think that was supposed to be like the very first issue released for that imprint yeah I believe that so yeah but Vertigo like Drifter and everyone Vertigo and you know this because you know uh, the other thing listeners should know is that Gabriel knows comics way better than I do yeah I think um, uh, we'll, after we go into all this and then we do a quick summary uh-huh. um, we'll go into our history of the series oh no totally but I'm just saying that like I, I believe Vertigo yeah Vertigo is an imprint of DC yes, so indeedy. like for example in things like the Sandman mm-hmm. you'll see like famous DC characters that's pop why up. Martian Manhunter shows up and Batman briefly I don't know who Martian Manhunter is you know who Martian Manhunter is not really it's obsessed with Oreos. That's the best part about him. Obsessed with, or- uh, uh, obsessed with Oreos. You know it. 
Did he already pop? Did he pop up in this? He did indeed. Okay, just kind in, of... Yeah, in volume one. I, I th- like, I remember him popping up. I don't remember if it actually happened. Yeah, I... a Mr. Miracle is the one who's like, who like pops by and they say, oh, with Sandman, and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. John Jones knows where the... Oh, yeah, he's the one the who like knows who, who recognizes Sandman and shit. Yeah, because like, starts... like Martians okay. also have a dream Yeah, guy. yeah, that's right. Okay, I do remember that. I okay. love that. I'm so, sorry. go ahead. <laughs> moving on. Come on, my iPad. I heard some of my iPads only good for reading comics these days. Which is Was fine. it dying? Because I read a lot of comics. <laughs> you know, my, my app just keeps on like passing out. <laughs> Here we go. <coughs> nope. Oh, that's that COVID. COVID, baby. I got tested today. Hey! You didn't get your response yet, right? No. All right. I got a, I got a mouth swab. Okay. So that was, that was pretty chill. By mouth swab, I mean some dude just stuck his dick in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Dick tongue, dick tongue. Uh, okay. Back and forth. It, <laughs> okay. was a real, it was a real whack-a-mole situation. Nice. Anyway. <laughs> um, Where was I? Okay. So, what Karen Berger asked Gaiman to rewrite was the 1974-1976 Sandman series, written by Joe Simon and Michael Fleischer, and illustrated by Jack Kirby and Ernie Chua. Did you say Fleischer? Fleischer. Oh, nice. Michael Fleischer. No, okay. No relation. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Gaiman crafted the new character from an initial image of a, quote, a man, young, pale, and naked, imprisoned in a tiny cell, waiting until his captors passed away, deathly thin, with long, dark hair, and strange eyes. Yes. Yes. So the character uh, that Sam and he took was Wesley Dodd, a kind of more old school superhero who wore a gas mask and left trails of sand on people and shot people with gas guns to make them go to sleep. Yeah. That's uh, the Sandman. Wonderfully, like, kind of like Golden Age comics, kind yeah, of like... very noir. Also, very very British superhero, I want to say. Is the character British? No. Okay. I was going to say, like, because, like, uh, yeah. I mean, the... his name's Wesley Dodd. That sounds very British. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But, like, a kind of, like, dorky kind of dude. Uh, yeah. He shows up in the story as well. Does very, very briefly. Mm-hmm. And as I said before, uh... Gaiman would kind of retcon the sand men as being kind of like kooks, yeah. but you know, or, or men you know affected by by like Morpheus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> Gaiman patterned the character's black attire on a print of a Japanese kimono as well as his own wardrobe, which explains why a lot of the narration talks about his jeans and his boots all the time. Yes, it's kind of like a young man's kind of error, you know. Yeah, really. Um, I I was laughing, I was giggling when you were talking about like a like the young pale skinny man. Yeah. And I also know like oh apparently like the character is also slightly designed on Gaiman himself as a young man. Yeah. Apparently the main the main inspirations for the design of Morpheus the Dream King is Peter Murphy, lead singer of Bauhaus. Yes, and it's like they all kind of look the same. Yeah, him and like yeah. Robert Smith. And yeah. himself, it's uh, it's really obvious. It's 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 a look, but we'll get into that in a moment. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, we're almost done here. Okay. So they had a bunch of different artists starting out, like Sam Keith, Mike Dringenberg, Todd Klein, Robbie Bush. But let's move on forward to this thing here. There have been numerous spin-offs, including the long-running Lucifer comic, as well as a few one-shots about James' sister Death. Mm-hmm. And in 2018, DC began a sort of Sandman universe. But who gives a shit? Yeah. After Sandman, Gaiman went on to mostly write books of the occasional odd comic. His incredibly well-regarded work has been adapted many times over, including Good Omens, American Gods, and Stardust, which mm. is a great movie. Great movie. He also wrote or co-wrote a few movies and TV show episodes like Beowulf with Zimmerman. Beowulf! Is, uh, Zimmerman? That's not uh, No, no, uh, uh, Zemeckis. Zemeckis. Uh, oh, co-wrote with uh, Roger Avery, famous oh, yeah. murderer. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Sorry. He also co-wrote a Babylon 5 episode, Mirror Mask, a Doctor Who episode, and, fun fact, the English language script for Princess Mononoke. 
Okay. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Didn't have to work that hard. Yeah. <laughs> His personal life, really, I don't think is very important. He married once in 85 to a lady named Mary McGrath. He has three children with her, and they divorced. And most recently, he married um, Amanda Palmer, the lead singer of the Dresden Dolls, with whom he has an open marriage and a kid. They recently separated. <laughs> that, so that's all yeah. you really need to know about Neil Gaiman himself. I just want to say, Alan Moore, Neil Gaiman. Yeah, you, you get real like wise about open relationships, and then they mm-hmm. never fucking work out, huh? Nope. Mm-hmm. Nope. Silly boy. That said, mm-hmm. I, I'd want to do some small... Re- I did like a little bit of research on Dirk Mags. Yeah, because this is a this is a groundbreaking adaptation for Audible. Yeah. That we don't have this kind of thing in America, even though it's very popular in both England and Japan. Yes. Uh, they're, they're, they're very well known for like their radio... Well, I think America's... America was known for radio dramas, but like 100 years ago. Yeah. Um, back in the days of like Zorro and uh, the Lone Ranger and shit. Mm-hmm. And they still make... like Even before <laughs> podcasting came back, yeah. especially like, like, like manga series that have have their own radio dramas and being like um, Douglas Adams did his whole thing in radio dramas. Yes. So something like this seems very new. If you're listening, if you're, if you are an American and like, Oh, Sandman, it's an audio book. It's an audio drama. Oh, wow. This sounds amazing. But like, it's been around, it's been around for a while. And Dirk Maggs, Mm -hmm. the guy who basically put all this together, um, he's an interesting guy. I didn't write down too much because he's also not an interesting guy. Huh. Um, but no, just some interesting things about him and kind of like that goes back because he's been doing this kind of thing for a while. Sure. Um, he's an English dude. Uh, he is considered a freelance writer and director in all media. But in particular, he's known for his work in radio mm-hmm. where he evolved radio drama into quote unquote audio movies. Sure. Um, basically, like that. that's the this way he just describes this kind of style of audio dramas and whatnot. Gotcha, gotcha. It's very cinematic. Um, some of the major, so he's worked on like really, really big properties and whatnot, most of which are British, uh, mm-hmm. and involved a lot of actors, mostly British. Sure. Uh, but yeah, he's worked with, uh, he's worked on, these are some of like the various like audio drama adaptations he's done. Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Love it. The X-Files, which he did with David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson. Oh, they did their own voices and everything? Yes. I mean, um, people would have loved that in America. They did. He he's worked on like Superman and Batman series. Mm-hmm. He did an he did a uh, audio drama of an American Werewolf in London. Oh, cool! With uh, the original directors, uh, Landis's like kind of blessing. No, oh, that's cool. Landis did that, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's done Agatha Christie mysteries. Uh, he's adapted Neil Gaiman's Neverwhere, mm-hmm. Good Omens with Peter Serafinowicz. Hey. Uh, and Stardust. Uh, he's made those into audio dramas. Um, int- uh, one of the things that I think uh, a lot of like Americans would have like probably uh, picked up on uh, on uh, in the past year, pfft, well, I could barely talk there, uh, is the that wine. Uh, people know that there are like various different. All right, no, people don't know that. Only <laughs> weird people who know things about the movie and production of like all the Alien movies, like okay. Alien One to Alien Aliens, Alien Three and Alien Resurrection. This is that it could be. Uh, Alien Three had a bunch of different versions before like the final version came out, and it wasn't a good that good of a movie. Sure. Uh, in special comparison to the first two, um, one of the scripts, one of the most uh uh like kind of like that had like the biggest cult underground following was a script done by famous science fiction writer William Gibson. Oh. Uh, and this dude, Dirk Maggs, uh, adapted it into... Real name. Dirk Maggs is such a Will- William Gibson name. It, it's almost the... Like uh, Molly Millions, it, it, Case, it's, Armitage, <laughs> and Dirk Maggs. It, it's almost the uh, the Clive Costler character, Dirk Pitt. Yes. Dirk Pitt. It might as well be. It, it's just like, it's slightly less macho. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, he, and uh, so he did that, and he basically, yeah, he took the William Gibson script, adapted it further into audio and whatnot, and like right now, if you go on, like, if you have a subscription to Audible or whatever, you can literally buy it. It's two hours long. It, uh, it actually has the original actors, uh, Michael Bean playing Hicks, cool. and Lance Henriksen playing... Playing uh, uh, Bishop. 
Cool. I feel like I should have looked this up. Lance Henriksen plays Bishop, right? Yes. Okay, good. Yes. Um, and it's always hilarious when those two actors replay those characters, like in re- recent times, because they sound because they're, they're old. They sound like old old men. Like even like Lance Henriksen, who didn't exactly have like a silky voice, all of a sudden it's like, yes, he's Bishop after smoking for thirty <laughs> years. Uh, yep. And Michael Bean, especially, if you hear the way he talks, he talk he he sounds super gruff. Yeah, he had a high pitched voice back in the eighties. Yeah, he had like that weird. He, it was like come with me if you want to live. It was like uh, what's this fucking nuts? Ryan Gosling, where he's kind of oh, like yeah. he's kind of like soft spoken. Yeah, now it just sound now he sounds like Clint Eastwood. <laughs> yeah, love it. But yeah, um, oddly enough, uh, I was listening to it, made it halfway through, then kind of gave up. No, the Alien Three thing. I didn't find it very interesting. Um, Who played Ridley? Rip, uh, I forgot who played Ripley. Not Ripley anyone I recognize, but uh, she was not really in it all that much. Mm. I don't know if at some point she just pops up, but like roughly halfway in, she's mainly been in a coma. She pokes her head like head in being like, hey guys, get rid of my hair. All <laughs> no, right, see ya. She, she wakes up and is immediately put into a coma. Oh. <laughs> um, and uh, here's, here's- They reverse a, newt her? Yeah. Uh, here, here's a funny thing that, that describes it very well. Um, apparently, even though like, again, there's a lot of people on the internet who love that script- I think they're weird, but uh, one person negatively described the script as <laughs> space commies hijack alien eggs. Big problem in mall world. Oh, boy. Which is I heard that. I'm like, yeah, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, oddly enough, the person who was assigned on to direct that version of the script was a little guy named Rennie Harlan. Oh, dear. Uh, for people out who the, the big uh, Harlan heads out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, be excited, I guess. I don't know. Sure. So, Gabriel, yes. that's a roundabout way to say uh, we have some history with, like, these fucking losers. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I didn't have a easy yeah. way to say that. Uh, Gabriel, uh, the Sandman. Yes. So, we listened to this. It's a big topic. It's a big topic. hmm And I think we're kind of, we're dragging One our One of heels. the greatest graphic novels of all time, period. Yeah, it is. We both read it a while ago, too. Very long time ago. Right, or a very long time ago. And this takes... The first three volumes. Yes, Preludes and Nocturnes, The and Doll's House, and uh, Dream, Dream Country, Country. Right? Yeah. yeah. Is that the order it goes in? It is indeed. Okay. And yeah, and adapt. And they're, all the stories are here. the The larger story arcs, mm-hmm. the individual short stories, even a story about um Element Girl. Yeah, the story about Element Girl, the one about the fucking cats, the William Shakespeare, what have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all there. Yeah, so the Midsummer Night's Dream episode is um um uh. uh comic is the first um comic to win this um this prestigious um fantasy prose award yes i remember that it was yeah. like a major award winning what yeah. have you think my bobs uh gabriel yes daniel host po- of the show if possible uh-huh. can you summarize obviously we can't go into every single story contained in here okay we'd be here like literally for hours mm-hmm. uh can you like briefly summarize kind of what the sandman is about especially of in these course. early stories i will use my considerable like summarizing skills so for those who have no idea what the fuck the sandman is no idea. um get it together it's avatar yeah it's it's <laughs> so sorry um sandman is about uh the god of dreaming. He is dreams. He is dreams incarnate. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I want to stop you there. Yeah, god isn't even the right term. Yeah. No. That's 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 the kind of cool thing about this is that the these characters aren't gods. They're literal incarnations of these concepts. Yes. He is one of the quote unquote endless. But that's kind of getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. So imagine that he is the god of dreams. So he is captured, and he um uh um by a man trying to capture the essence of death, the god of death. Mm-hmm. And when Sandman, he's the Sandman, he's dream Morpheus, what he often goes by, 
Um, once he eventually escapes, he basically decides to recover all of his um, equipment, his power, his power bobbles. Yeah, which uh, they, which is kind of uh, uh, funnily based on like kind of like the helmet and the gizmos of the original DC character. Yeah, the Sandman. exactly. There's like yeah. a, there's like a besides the the ruby necklace, it's a, it's a gas mask helmet yeah, and it, it's a, a bag of sand. Yeah, bag of sand. Yeah, that's Dream say. powder. Dream powder. So. Um, what follows is kind of a a journey in episodic nature and also through long form stories across the DC Comics universe. Yes, um, Superman, Batman, the Swamp Thing, but more like into the John Constantine kind of stuff. More the the horror fantasy kind of elements of that world. Yeah, uh, John Constantine is Tyne is a uh, fuck you mm-hmm. is is an Alan Moore creation, right? Uh, I think so. Because someone, I, it was either him or it was or it was Gaiman. I'm thinking it was. I think it was. More. No, I think it was more. I need to look this up. But go yeah. ahead. I'm sorry. So there, a, a lot happens. So the God of Dreaming <laughs> come comes back um, after having been in prison, and he um, he, co- he goes about rebuilding his empire, basically. Ah, created by Alan Moore. Yep, you nailed and it. And like four other dudes. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> All right. So um, uh, apparently he first showed up in Swamp Thing. Oh no! Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it makes sense, right? Yeah. yeah. So we kind of go around this different elements of DC world um, and into Dream's world. Uh, he regains um, his powers first from notable C-list villain yet massive threat, Dr. Destiny. Yes. And then um, uh, all the many repercussions, basically the next three volumes and throughout the rest of the series is death, uh, death, sorry, Dream dealing with the repercussions of his imprisonment, including a Dream Vortex woman. Yes. And um, uh, a... a standing date he has every 100 years yeah which is super adorable and, and again to kind of like describe what kind of stories these are is that like is also very much it's very important to the time it came out because like yeah. in like the especially like the late like the mid to late 80s and like early 90s mm-hmm. there was this kind of like resurgence of comics being kind of uh re- like repurposed for like adult audiences yeah um That's so vertigo was for so particularly comics became like dark violent it had mm-hmm. sex like as particularly there was the dark knight rises which was the first time that yeah. that batman became like a dark R- anti-hero returns, not rises right or, yeah, sorry, returns uh which is by frank miller um you also had for example watchmen you had watchmen by alan moore exactly what i was going to say swamp thing uh which had characters like john constein and san tyne. tyne fuck you <laughs> uh it, and like those are all kind of and this is kind of in that kind of thing where it was not only yeah. not, not only did it have like violence sex and whatnot had very very dark themes yeah dark mature themes it was like the 90s yes. dark renaissance before it got like stupid and grody in the mid 90s yeah ironically frank frank miller mm-hmm. created the good version yeah it's kind of it's kind of silly anyway yeah um so it's i don't think it, it makes a whole lot of sense honestly to go into what happens in our other volumes there's an adventure about a young lady trying to uh recover her younger brother and how she ends up embroiled into a serial killer convention yes that, that, which is like the most kind of that era kind of thing yeah. the fact that there's like a serial killer convention and everything mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there are a series of other smaller vignettes like about cats and shit. Yeah. But um I really I, I I'm assuming anyone listening to this 
probably has at least read the books and is interested in listening to the Audible series. So yeah. I think you get the point. The King of Dreams has to go on some adventures. Yeah, well, look, and it's dark. He goes to hell. Some cool shit happens. Yeah. It's fucking rad. I want to I want to go back and actually talk about like the Endless and whatnot. We only meet mm. so many of them, right? But it's mm-hmm. the, kind of like the Sandman comics. It kind of begins this idea, like Neil Gaiman's kind of re, like redesigning from the ground up this character, the Sandman. And he makes it about mythology. Yeah. Um, and essentially, yeah. So again, like this story primarily, though, becomes kind of about the characters, the endless, as you kind of described, like, again, like they're not they're not gods. They're little incarnations yeah. of these seven concepts that kind of that, like, make up the universe. Yeah, shape existence. And like uh, we, we meet so many of them. We meet uh, uh, Dream has two older siblings. Yes. There's Destiny. We do not meet. We mm-hmm. meet Death. Mm-hmm. Death is a very important character. We'll get into her probably later on. Yeah. Uh, we also meet like Desire. We meet uh, Despair. Despair. And those are the only ones we meet. Yeah, those are the ones we meet volumes. at this point. You don't meet um, uh, like the 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 prodigal, the missing brother for yes. many volumes. And you don't you don't we don't meet uh, Delirium yet. Yeah, they meet Delirium sooner rather than later, but not yeah, not, but, not in this collection. But definitely, yeah, but not yet though. Um, so like, and sure it, that's going to be a big name cast casting. Delirium. Yeah, people love Delirium. I'm surprised D- Desire didn't get a big name. Me too. Casting. That was that was a big surprise. I thought that would have been a great opportunity for them to cast a trans, like a very popular trans actor. Yeah, or or get like Tilda Swinton. Yeah, that would, t- the Swint would have been great. The Swinton would be great. And they could have gotten um uh, Phyllis from The Office slash um uh, Sadness to play Despair. That okay, no, that yeah. Oddly enough, but yeah, they got someone else to... Oh, no, that is the person who played D- Despair, is it? No. The, who plays Despair? Fuck, I don't remember. I think a rando. Uh, yeah, so, like, like again, let's just, let's talk about them, because, like, basically a lot of the series is kind of... It, it has been described as, like, a fantasy horror, like... Absolutely. Yeah, like, that's primarily Very what the two genres fantasy are. fantasy horror. Yeah, there's some pretty horrific things that happen besides, yeah. besides a serial killer convention. The John Constantine... Tine. Tine. A uh, story is about like uh like Dream visits like Constantine and like they go find like uh like some of his shit and like apparently one of <laughs> Constantine's ex girlfriends became addicted to the Dream Powder and yeah. she's literally like a fucking wasted barely living thing and mm-hmm. like I think what there was like a burglar who like became splorched on the walls or something yeah. like that yeah mm-hmm. like, um there's the infamous small story twenty four hours the diner story which is very fucking very upsetting very upsetting and diff- yeah um and I, I do want to say though um yeah like uh one of there's not many like villains necessarily throughout the story. No, it's, it's not. It's not a traditional. It's not a superhero story by any yeah. means. It it's more like it's it's like a fantasy. If there's no clear enemies, it's just consequences and there, people. There is an antagonist. The primary antagonist for the whole thing is kind of despair. A little, oh, no, desire. Desire. Desire a little bit. A little bit. But like desire is not a bad a bad the bad guy. You know. Yeah. Um. Even like the Furies, who we kind of meet in here and whatnot. Uh, you had like Doctor Destiny in the beginning, but like after yeah. that, like there's no there's no supervillain characters. No, I mean like there, there's there's threats like the Corinthian. Yeah, and like the Corinthian kind of comes and goes, and yeah, we'll get into that later on. We're talking about our feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I tell you what, is there? Let's talk about the cast first. Sure, that's but, a great idea. Before before we go on break and we play a game and we start talking about how we feel, I feel like this is going to be a long episode. By the way, I'm yeah. already feeling it. I mean, we we listen to an 11 hour audio drama. Yes, yes, it's 11 hours. I think it's gentlemen. longer. I think it's like 12 or 13, isn't it? Are you sure? I thought it was 10 hours and like 55 minutes. I think it is. It just felt really long. I'm trying to Google I it. I think it is. I'm trying to Google it. I looked up Wand Man. <laughs> wand Man? <laughs> is that a thing? Or is that just, like, is that like. Honestly, I think that was uh, some uh, sex toys. Anyway. Oh, hey, there you go. <laughs> I think that's what it was. So, out there, people, whoever curiosity, you know what a wand is. 
Wandman. Yeah, is that our, is that our new sponsor? Wandman. Brought by Wandman. <laughs> when you know vibrators for men. Uh, if you're if you're d- dreaming about flying, you're dreaming you're dreaming about sex. If you're dreaming about sex, you're dreaming about Wandman. About Wandman. Oh boy, that made me sweat. All right. Uh huh. <laughs> so Gabriel, I, I just want to go down the the kind of casting list. Uh, go on down the cast. As describing, this has a huge cast. Stacked cast. It just like literally huge. Oh, like yeah. like a big cast. Um, and listening to the the Alien Three thing, which is also by Mags, I kind I think I recognize some voices of. Some of like the mm-hmm. let's call them lesser known actors. Whoops. Um, but yeah, so here's here's some of the people in here, right? Riz Ahmed as the Corinthian. Yes, the it, great Riz Ahmed from uh, Rogue One yeah. and um, a Nightcrawler. Uh, you know the sad thing is that most people probably know him through Venom. Oh yeah, he's a bad guy from Venom, which I have not seen. I haven't seen either. Uh, uh, very happy that uh, Kat Dennings plays Death. Yeah, that's great casting. That's great. I love Kat yeah. Dennings. Kat Dennings from uh, 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 Two Girls in a Pizza Parlor. What the fuck's Two it called? Two Broke Girls. Two Broke Girls, and she was in like you know a bunch of comedies. She was in briefly like like Forty Year Old Virgin and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Taryn Edgerton. Ed- Edgerton. 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 Taryn Edgerton as John Constantine. Yeah. Who's Taryn Edgerton again? He's Eggsy from Kingsman. Yeah. Again, there's like someone else who looks just like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's uh, some doofus named Neil Gaiman as the narrator. I-, I was saying this when I, because uh, uh, I was walking in while Gabe was playing video games and like listening to the audiobook. And I kept saying like, yeah, when I was listening to this in the beginning, I was like, who is this David Thewlis sounding motherfucker? Yeah. And I, Who's this David Thewlis doing a Ringo Starr accent like voice? Yeah. And then look up and I was like, oh, it's Neil Gaiman. It's Gaiman. Ugh. Neil Gaiman's unfortunately talented. I hate him. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of one of our geniuses. He, yeah, he, like you want to punch him in the face. He's too fucking good at this. Yeah. Like he can't be like this fucking. Like he needs to be like Alan Moore. Alan Moore doesn't fucking show his face. Yeah, he's a fucking although he weird wizard are, uh, drew himself into the tempest. Um, sure. Uh, uh, James McAvoy as uh, uh, Morpheus as Dream. I was gonna call him Dream. Then he's a cast. He's a uh, yeah. It's yeah, James McAvoy, Professor Xavier in the new X Men. He's fantastic as dream i almost fucked up because uh by the font if you look at it from a distance it looks like Marpheus. <laughs> uh samantha morton as uh arania blackwell yes if i said that name right clearly a name come up came up with like by a like very very bored 80s comic writer or like 70s comic writer. listen we ran out of sarah's chains urania get it because she's an elemental girl she's metamorpho but i a get girl. it she's uranium i want to call her xena xena non xena xena whatever Xenon oh. Moriorn Princess. Oh boy, that was making me sweat. Oh, All right, uh, going on. BB uh, Newworth mm-hmm. as the Siamese cat in the cat story. Yes. Um, uh, uh, from Cheers. From Cheers. And uh, was she from Fraser? Yeah. Well, okay. no, she's um she's Fraser's ex-wife. Okay. She's great. I don't watch those shows. Uh, you should. Very happy. Uh, Andy Circus as Matthew the Raven. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy that the su- that such like a huge name has like a pretty small role. Yeah, he he's, he has more to do later on though, doesn't he? Yeah, he definitely does. Well, yeah. he's like in throughout the whole thing. He's like a really cool character, especially like at the end during um uh, uh the I think it's actually called the no the kindly ones the kindly ones the kindly ones like the the the, the penultimate uh volume um he's definitely in there but like it's just really cool I, I believe Andy Circus is probably like a huge fan I and believe Andy Circus is one of our finest living actors just no one like knows. Yes, and like people are just like, we need an animal person, quick, quick, get circus. But like, meanwhile, if he just plays like like a like, hey, we have like this kind of villain. He's not that interesting, and in, in a Black Panther, any circus comes in and he makes him fucking awesome. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he has uh, a mixtape. Uh, fi- uh, finally, but not but not least, uh, some dude named Michael Sheen as Lucifer. He's barely in it, and he's wonderful. Yeah, perfect Lucifer. Also, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Sheen, he's in uh, what was it? Good he's o- in Good Omens. Good Omens. He the plays the angel. Show. 
Yeah, the which good, I really want to see as I'm going around to good it. Angel. And I'm just looking at these other names. So it's Justin Vivian Bond as Desire. <laughs> Vivian. Might be a trans Could person. be a trans person. You don't know. Not that, to be honest though, Desire isn't trans. Um, yeah, Desire is basically just um a... a kind of like non-binary entity. Yeah, non-binary yeah. switches back and forth, does whatever it wants. Uh, uh, I'm just reading like, cause there's like, there's like a three tier thing. There's like yeah. the big names, then there's second tier for like big things. And then there's all these it's other massive names. Massive castles. So here's some of the other ones I just want to go through in case any of them are familiar. Arthur Darville as William Shakespeare. Arthur Darville is, um, uh, uh, one of them. Rory was his name from Doctor Who. Oh, I don't know. He that. also plays, um, uh, um, Rip Hunter in Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, William Hope as Doctor Destiny. Who's William Hope? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> you said it like you know William. Oh no, Hope. I know. I, I really like Doctor Destiny. He's um, great. Yeah, no, aka John Dee's. John D. John D. Fun fact: um, basically, the design for Doctor Destiny and all the comics adaptations is just fucking Skeletor for the most part. Yeah, he looks like that. And in this, he looks like an emaciated. This came out during like the AIDS pandemic, uh, yeah. so like that. In like, uh, I remember even in the comic reading it, there was Not like a pandemic. There was like a little P- yeah pandemic. Who can imagine? <laughs> um, There's like a little PSA where John Constantine Tyne. and Death kind of like speak directly to the audience about how to like put on a condom. Oh, I don't remember that at all. I remember that. Um, anyway, moving on. Uh, oh, I'm like three names in. Let me go fast. <laughs> <laughs> There's Matthew Horn as Hob Gadling, the guy who uh, Dream visits every hundred years. And yes, because the he man was... who decided he's not going to die. Yes, and is j- still holding on to that. Yeah. Um, Reginald D. Hunter as John Johns. What? John Johns. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck that is either. Sorry. Sorry, John. Uh, Sue Johnson as Unity Kincaid. Uh, Patterson Kin- uh, Joseph as the demon Charonzen. Charonzen? Mm. Uh, you know, you know, he was the guy who played, uh, who was Death's uh, Dreams uh, opponent in sure. Hell Ship. Whatever. In the game. Uh, Josie Lawrence as Mad Hattie. Hattie? Sure. Uh, Anton Lesser as Dr. John Hathaway. Joanna. Okay, I don't know who any of these people are. Uh, Miriam Margoyles as Despair. Okay, I don't know if that's anyone. That anyone I don't recognized. know. So like, those are some of the names. If uh, you recognize those names, write into us. Yes. Tweet at us at Top Gallant Radio. Be like, motherfucker! I know who Miriam. Tis I, Reginald <laughs> Ludlin. Yeah. Well, also congratulations. You all did an amazing job. There's a. Uh, I mean, we'll get into like I guess how we feel about like certain performances and whatnot. We talk about feelings, mm-hmm. but for now. Uh, again, it's too much of a big subject that like yeah. we have to go on break. You know, this would have made a great three-parter. It, well, it would have, but it's a singular entity. Um, I, this might just be. It is. Well, yeah. we know where they end. It is a frustrating thing. I mean, like, yeah, I, I would like, I would love to talk about this for three hours, but yeah, mm. it, it would be fun. But I tell you what, this is the thing. Like, here's the nice thing about like doing this in parts is that like we can do like this stuff that like the breezy stuff fast. Mm-hmm. Do game and then like honestly, when we talk about our feelings about this, we can talk about fucking. Yeah, we talk about the fuck while. we want. God damn it. So anyway, Gabriel, explicit literature podcast. Expliterature. I expliterature, Gabriel. An expliterate. We need to expliterate to a break. Right? Okie Throw us a break. All right. Welcome back. Hello. Dear listener readers. How are you? To uh, slow readers. I'm still Gabe. I'm still Daniel. And here we book. Here we book. Book. And Gabriel, we're booking our way right into a game. All right. And Gabriel, yep. uh, I, I I made a game for us, and uh, I'll give you one guess. What is the name of the game? I'm guessing the name of this game is um, uh, the Custler Wood game. The Custler Wood 
Cusslers something in the woods. Patterson Cusslers the woods. Patterson Cusslers the woods. Patterson Cusslers the Patterson Cusslers the woods. Hey, if you want to know what the fuck that means, go back. Go way back. All right. Anyway, go back fifty episodes. I don't know. Maybe more. It was the start of the games thing. Yeah. Uh, no, Gabriel. It's a little thing called Gatekeeper. 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 Gabriel, yes, Daniel. Gatekeeper is the game where basically I have something in my head. Mm-hmm. Usually, it's thematically connected to the thing that we've read. Yep. Uh, for the episode, um, and basically, I'm going to give you ten gates, aka hints, mm-hmm. to guess it. You start it with ten points. Uh, at every gate, you can choose to not answer, lose a point, and pick and like uh, randomly select. By the way, the next uh, hint, aka mm-hmm. gate. Or you can guess if you get it right, you know, you basically end with however many points that is, that is, or you can get it wrong. You lose two points and move on. Okay. Gabriel, your high score so far is still seven. Seven. I think last time you did this, you were at six. Six. I think your low score is one. One. Okay. And Gabriel, mm-hmm. I was very happy with this. I made an entire game. Okay. That was basically what dark Renaissance era comic, I'm poorly named because I don't know what to call it, uh, from the 80s and or 90s am I thinking of? Because okay. I consider that the Sandman is, is based sure. on this whole kind of plethora of like really famous, like quote unquote, like literary dark yeah. comics around that time. And then I looked up, I was looking up something about Sandman to see if I can actually get like, is there a name to that kind of thing? And I was just reminded that the Sandman is something else. Mm-hmm. The Sandman is the nickname to one of America's sweethearts. Gabriel, Uh huh. I want you to guess, what Adam Sandler movie am I thinking of? Oh, right. Because I was like, is the, is the, is the answer Adam Sandler? Because the answer the Sandman. No, no, time. yeah, yeah. Adam, okay. Adam Sandler, known by friends and uh, fans. And Twitter followers. And Twitter followers as the Sandman. As the Sandman. I love that. I, I literally also just heard recently, I think it was, I think it was like, I've been listening to a lot of the Ronald McDonald shit lately. And like, then like, they all kind of like refer to him as like the Sandman. They call him the Sandman. Sure. His um, Conan episode's really good. I'm sure it is. Yeah, no. Uh, his, most of his happy, uh, Madison movies fucking suck. Yeah. Uh, Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. So, so again, I want, I want you to guess, I have in my head an Adam Sandler movie. Okay. Some of them are well known. Mm-hmm. Some of them are lesser known. Yep. Some of them don't really ring like Adam Sandler movies. Sure. Some of them are so Adam Sandler. Okay. Gabriel. Mm-hmm. I want you to pick a number between one and 10. Seven. Also, I'll keep count of. I'll keep count of. Okay, uh, my fingers up. I'll do it. I'll do it. Cue the music. You you just got to think of these things. All right. Okay. Hit the music. All right. <laughs> All right. If you know anything about this movie, this might be this might be it. All right? Okay. The film co-stars Christopher Walken as Morty, who is revealed to be the angel of death. Um, Daniel, the answer is click. <laughs> you know what it was? Yeah. Okay. Have you seen it? I have. All right. You Yay! have? <laughs> I win. Oh, you have seen it? I have. Okay, Dude, cool. It's a, it's a, it's a crier too. <laughs> I, I like cried during it twice. Well, uh, there's a scene where he's so mean to Henry Winkler. Okay. It's unbearable. Okay, Gabriel. Not, never in a million years did I think that you would have seen Click. I saw Click. I can't believe anyone knows. Can I just go through the? I guess we're gonna play the other one. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's a good thing I had two of them written up. Yes. Okay. I just want to so say. So technically, I now have a perfect game under my. Technically, belt. Technically, yeah. Although at this point, it's like it's 
there's there's two worst case example worst case scenarios for this game. One, if he gets it right away. Two, if you can't guess it at all. Mm-hmm. So this is like one worst case scenario. But these were the other hints uh, going from one to ten. One is the film is a straight up comedy on Wikipedia. It's listed as a fantasy comedy drama. Mm-hmm. Two, despite negative reviews, this film received an Academy Award nomination for Best Makeup. The only not the only nomination for a Happy Madison production. Wow, wow. Uh, the film cost eighty two point five million and grossed two hundred forty point seven million at the box office. It's one hundred seven sure. minutes long. The film features a gratuitous product placement for Bed Bath and Beyond. Yes, it does. Uh, the film was released on June twenty third, two thousand six. Uh, number five, according to Adam Sandler's Wikipedia page, this film came out between The Longest Yard and Rain Over Me. Mm. Later that same year as Rain, uh, Rain Over Me, Sandler also starred in I, Pronou- I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry. I somehow ed- uh, added in a table. <laughs> wow. Uh, some of, awesome. I don't know how I did that. Some of the uncredited cameos appearing in this film are Rob Schneider, James Earl Jones, Terry Crews, and the Cranberries lead singer, Dolores O'Riordan. Reardon. Reardon. The film co-star... Oh, that's that one. Uh, the film co-stars David Hasselhoff, Barry Winkler, Sean Astin, Jennifer Coolidge, Rachel Tratch, Jonah Hill, and Nick Schwartzen. I'm skipping over the... Uh, I was going to I was gonna say, like, I was skipping over the lead actress because I think you would have guessed it. Uh-huh. But I was also going to say, like, either you either give me five bucks or you take off a point right now if you want me to give you the actress's name. Kate Beckinsale. Yes, Kate Beckinsale. Mm-hmm. Uh, the film was criticized for its gross-out humor and likable protagonist. Uh, Peter Bradshaw called it an improvement over the last major Sandler flick, Mr. Deeds, saying, quote, it has, become, uh, it has some moments of good name Natured sweetness and Adam Sandler's improving as a comic performer, though he is still conceited and opaque. <laughs> I don't want that. If, if someone calls another person opaque, it's like, okay. Okay. Cool. That's cool. I'm not a window. To quote a wise man, if it's, if it's a good thing, I'm that. Uh-huh. Uh, Newsweek calls the film a predictable as a moral story, but unusually dark, occasionally touching and pretty funny for a Sandler. It Sandler gets pretty comedy. dark. Uh, last one. The film was directed by Fran... Uh, Frank Karachi uh, K- K- or Carisi, mm. director of seven Happy Madison productions, five of which star Adam Sandler. This is the, from the same writing duo that uh, wrote these th- uh, thematically slash tonally similar Bruce Almighty and Evan Almighty. Sure. Okay. So, Gabriel. You have another one? Yeah, no, there's another one. Cool, let's do it. If you fucking get this one right, I hate you. Cool, I'm a champion and you have to buy me a bottle of wine. Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, you bought this one, whatever. I, All right. I didn't even buy that one, I got it for free. So, Gabriel. Uh huh. Starting over again. All right. <laughs> Hit the theme music. The goat. All right. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. What dark Renaissance era comic from the 80s and or 90s? Oh, it's on a Sandler? Oh, okay. Am I, think- am I thinking of? <laughs> right, it's click, you're right. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> but uh, so, okay. And this is also, so this is the one I was actually really worried about because I, I didn't think you had seen click mm-hmm. at all. I was thinking like, I was actually really nervous. I was like, who remembers click? I do very well. Apparently. <laughs> um, but no, this one I was actually worried about because again, you know comics more than me. Yes. Uh, so basically, like, most of the things that I know about comics, you would know. So I need to kind of like, t- I need to like walk that line yeah. of like, I'm trying to be obscure, but not too obscure. Yeah, listeners, making this game is not easy. It's not. As you can see, that sometimes it's like the well. click one. Exactly. Daniel had no idea. Yeah, that is a, that is crazy. And also, yeah. I landed on like the clue that would make it very easy. For True. Me. Yeah. Some of the other ones would have been. Okay. So Gabriel, mm-hmm. keep count. Yeah. Pick a number between one and ten. Seven. Seven. Okay. Some of the titles that don't appear as titles of like the graphic novels or any of the ones that are very well known. Okay. That are used in this as titles are Lost and Lonely and Lethal, Sex and Violence, and a story came out uh, in issue one for limited anthology series called called Tales to Offend. Hmm. Well, I don't have a, I don't have two one shots in a row. Okay. 
Tales to a Fin. All right, it's click. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so this is a. These, these are titles that were titles of like individual stories, sure. but aren't like the well any like well known titles. Gotcha. Like if it was, for example, Click. Mm-hmm. It's not Click. It's not Morty, the Angel of Death. Sure. So theoretically, this is a comic published anytime in between 1985 and like 1993. Yeah, this is like considered one of those like classic like comics that came out during that time. Tales to can you repeat the, the names? Those names were Lost, Lonely, and Lethal. Mm-hmm. Sex and Violence. And uh, one story came out in a limited limited anthology series called Tales to Offend. I want to point that out because that's a really great name. <laughs> Lost, Lonely. I feel like I've read this. I mean, hey, do you want do you want to make a wild? Let's make guess? a wild guess. Okay. Daniel, is it Sin City? <laughs> it is Sin City. Yes, I win. Two twenty, two ten yeah! points in a row. Very well done. I did it. Or, or I didn't do a good job building the thing. That's okay. No, I think I picked the right clues. Yeah. Well, here are the. Because other... I knew Lost, Lonely, and Lethal sounds so familiar. Lost... I had to have read that. It the basically those were names of like individual issues that had multiple stories in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, I was I was kind of ignored some of the other ones because I think they're a little too um, uh, obvious or whatever, but. Uh, so like going up, these are the other hints. Okay. Number one, mm-hmm. there are two film adaptations based in this comic, one of which was successful, the other not so much. There is a soft reboot television adaptation in the works, I know which that. by the way, since we're, since we know it, uh, Sin City, uh, was made, uh, the films uh, were made by Robert Rodriguez and Frank Miller, the guy who did the comics. Mm-hmm. Apparently they're involved with the television series. Sure. Excuse me. Uh, number two, the story primarily takes place in a single town in the American Southwest. Okay. Would, would that would have, that would have been, given it okay. away. Uh, three, the story and characters are notoriously amoral. Okay. Uh, that wouldn't those, have helped me at all. It was a little vague, right? Yeah. The characters in the world are original to this comic. Okay. Uh, the final issue of this comic was released in 2000. Mm. Number six, the first issue of this comic was released in 1991. Mm. Uh, number seven. Number eight, uh, in one of the story arcs, the main character hallucinates under the influence of drugs and the villain seemingly transforms into these characters. Hagger the Horrible, Hellboy. This was in uh, Hell and Back. I don't think I've ever read Hell and I've Back. I've never read it either. I don't think I've read that or Family Values. Yeah. Um. So like, yeah, in that, I think it's Dwight. Dwight's the main character. I think um, so. Uh, but he. No, in Hell and Back. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it's either that. If you're the main character of that or in. Uh, no, that's it, no, it, no. Yeah, his name's Wallace, and he's like a long-haired guy. Yeah, uh, Dwight's the main character in uh, Family Values. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, but no, he at some point he's like he's under drugs and he hallucinates like some villain guy. Like he's just changing through these characters. Uh, Hagger the Horrible, Hellboy, Captain America, Dirty Harry, John Rambo, Martha Washington, Ed Two Hundred Nine, Lone Wolf and Cub, and King Leonidas. Sure. Uh, nine. The comic features heavily stylized violence, torture, nudity, sex, and anything between the two, and it's almost nihilistic tone. Okay. Uh, that'll be a tough one. Ten. The same person wrote and illustrated every single issue. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Hey, double high scores. Double high scores, Gabriel. Yeah. This is either. I mean, this is either a really good comp. This is like basically you like champion. You're master of the game. The goat. Or I'm getting not good at it. <laughs> no, I think I just lucked out on two clues that I knew right away. Yeah. All right. But next time I'll have to. Uh, next time I'll try not to overcompensate. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll see what that's like. But Gabriel, very good job. You goat, goat, go, goat, goat, goat. That, right. Uh, new high, new high score. I think yeah. you ever beat two. Tens in a row. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to call that a high score at 20. All right. Gabriel, mm-hmm. that's it. Very good job playing the game. Yeah. Uh, it's always a pleasure. It's always fun creating them. It's always a great time. We need to go on break. Okay. When we come back, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about our feelings. Okie dokie. Are you ready? Break. Boom. 
And we're back. We're a good time. Two slow readers. Your weekly fast-paced literature podcast. Explitature. The only explitterate show uh-huh. ever here. Fuck yeah. The bad boys are lit. Benedict Cumberbatch. Kenderbick Blumberclatch. Cumberbick Blumberclatch. Natalie Dormer. All right, Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. For I lose consciousness. Of course. So. Yes, Daniel. Let's talk about the Sandman and feeling. Sure. Well, how about we start here, Daniel, okay. and for the personal shit. Yes. So, um, I joked many times in the past that you don't like Sandman. That in your response, is, yeah, no, I'm accused. <laughs> okay. And your response, and I, I stand by it, has always been dubious. Your response is usually along the lines of like Sandman. Yeah, it, it's. So, what what is your relationship to Sandman? Well, the reason why I can. Well, no. Okay. Well, the thing is, like, I can, I, I can always be like, like Sandman. It is an easy thing to kind of like brush off because, for lack of a better term, like, it is pretentious. It's very pretentious. And again, I can't stress enough. Like, uh, like I remember, especially in prose form. Especially in prose form, and it is very. This becomes a very prosy graphics, like comic series. Absolutely so. Um, and it also on top of this, if you were to look at Sandman from a distance, like I grew up, like I, I was, I was. I was not a huge like superhero comics. I was not a huge huge comics person, yeah. but I did read comics, and I would see ads growing up for Sandman. So like I would see the David McKean posters. I would sure. see the character Dream and everything. Yeah, there was an awareness of it. If you if you yeah. liked comics even vaguely in the '90s, you knew what Sandman was. Yeah, exactly, and it looks super gothy in like a yeah. very '90s <laughs> way uh, because Dream himself. I mean, like. They, they kind of, like, work around why he looks the way he does. Mm-hmm. He's pretty gothy. Yeah. Uh, Death, she's a goth chick. <laughs> yeah. Um, she she is. So, like, she's straight I, up, like, a hot goth chick. Yeah, she is a hot goth chick. I was actually... Were you really surprised when, like, the narration describes her as being, like, like a like a, a young woman in, like, her late teens? Like, like... He, he like like he the Neil Gaiman narrating this uh in the the, the death story uh, the sound of her wings mm-hmm. uh like he said like she could be anywhere from like fifteen to twenty and I was like she's what she looks that young I was like I mean I, 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 I she's a illustration I don't know yeah I don't know so I was surprised it's, it's been an interesting insight hearing clearly what were his initial notes be and as yeah, prose like being the narration uh yeah. To be honest, I don't know. Did he write the narration? I mean, because like obviously some of it is like literally the narration from the pulled, comics. I bet it's pulled from his original scripts. Maybe, I think yeah. that's what I that's what I read about in um, like okay. uh, the notes for it. That that, that that's that's interesting or not. But mm-hmm. that said, yeah, huh? and I've always said this. It's like I've always kind of wishy washyed about this because I'll even complain about this and everything. Is that I find that the Sandman comics, as I already kind of said. Gets a little worry, gets a little up its own ass with the, uh, like the its writing a littleness, you know. Sure. I, I have, I have said. Is it, is it the world? Is it, is it the way the language? No, it is. It is just excessively. It is. It is overly written. It isn't over. He, Neil Gaiman's a bit of an overwriter. Yeah, this is his first comic. Or, or he's just British. I don't well, know. It's his first comic, but it's, like, it's, it's, it's first, one of his. It's, it's his first like big endeavor. Yeah. Well, I was, well, was going to say like even in the early, it's like even like these early stories doesn't really bother him that much, but like at some point by like the fifth graphic novel when you're just story mm-hmm. and you're looking at this and like he's waxing poetic in his narration and i'm like that's all unnecessary like i can just like ignore that look at the pictures and get what's going on yeah like that that's what so like i would make that complaint yeah. but at then ascent but then again i would enjoy it I, I and i always have enjoyed reading these stories uh and like and honestly when this audible narration uh, thing was was announced uh i was you super, bought it before i did yeah i did I, like you were like dude let's do it and i was like yeah i already have it yeah um you done already been on it yeah no i was super excited for it 
Uh, yeah, and and like I, I think I, when I first read it, I liked it from the very beginning. People always said, people always warn you that like, oh, it's kind of slow at the start. But like, I don't know, it never really was. But anyway, uh-huh. uh, Gabriel, yes, what was what was kind of your initial reaction to having read The Sandman back when you were a youngster? Um, like with a lot of classic comics, I got my exposure because my brother went off to, he's four years older than me. He went off to college and um, uh, when he, he took a semester in comic book history. Mm-hmm. So he finished up a school year. He brought back all of his books and I discovered in a crate somewhere downstairs he didn't unpack it it was filled with these like top-notch comics such as um scott mcleod's understanding comics this mouse watchmen so like all the heavy hitters basically whatever someone to put on the syllabus for comics yeah at a college level was on it and so yeah i I picked up this one yeah when you said that i was just thinking like it's like yeah that's that's almost like like a it's like the kind of things that you would know for comics then you're like yeah, it was the syllabus. Like, it was literally the oh, syllabus duh. for it. Here, excuse me, you're gonna hear you're gonna hear no damage for a second. What the fuck was that? I wanted to bring up the chapters. I'm sorry. That was, oh sure, that was Sandman. Sorry, uh-huh. go ahead. So anyway, um, I think I only read volume one then, okay. and that was when I was probably about like 16 or so in, in high school. Okay. And I I got it. I liked it. But, you know, it, it was cool, but I was probably at that point still more interested in Sin City and borrowing your copies of Battle Angel Alita, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, what kind of made it interesting for me was my first girlfriend, who you know from high school, she was kind of a kind of a gothy kind of girl, kind of an alt-goth kind of chick. Mm-hmm. And she was one of those people who was like super obsessed with Sandman. I mean, it's, it's been noted that Sandman was one of the first comics to, especially mainstream comics, to have an over 50% female readership hmm. of like women who, who didn't read comics read the Sandman. Yeah. I mean, the like, thing about like the style of everything is that because it's it's based on like mythologies and fairy tales and and like again it's like it is essentially it's not a superhero comic it's it's fantasy yeah um it's world building yeah it's it's really impre- it's really impressive yeah like in but like there's something that kind of speaks to this kind of thing where it's it's not very like for lack of a better term it's like it's not very like a masculine kind of thing it, no it's, yeah and it, I find it's kind of surprising that I got into it at that age because I was mm. still more up, more preoccupied with more overly masculine art. But once I got to college, all the volumes were there, um, and so I read them all through. I blazed through them, and I I think I gave it like like that first volume. I gave it kind of like a oh this is cool. I guess I'm gonna go back to reading this one about dudes punching things. <laughs> and I read it, and when I finally hammered my way through, I fell deeply head over heels in love with it. I think it's phenomenal, and it's one of those things that I may be one of those caveat people like it's a little slow, but get into it. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 you're completely correct. It, it's a little bit pretentious. It's a little bit overly gothy, uh, a little overly romantic, not like, yeah. like love romance, but like, like, I don't know, was, was staring at the ocean at the night and black jeans and bl- like skinny boots and shit. Yeah. There, there is like, there, there is an like aesthetic a, to this. That's very proto hot topic. It's like, I want to say, I want to say hot topic because like all those things, it's like, no, I'll say that it's pretentious and it's gothy. Or goth, yeah, gothy, not gothic, gothy, gothy. Uh, but like, that's not necessarily bad things because at no, the same time, it's not. At the same time, it's not gothy. It's gothic, and sure, and it's pretentious, and that's not a bad thing. If something is well done, like it can't be pretentious. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's also just and, our associations of growing up in like the '90s and then the 2000s, where people were really into Evanescence and Nine Inch Nails yeah. and. And of course, it'd be like that. Like there'd be some some girl who'd be like, "Oh, I only read 
Sandman and Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. And you knew that girl. You knew that guy. Yeah, I was that girl. That was you! <laughs> I read Sandman and Johnny and the Homicidal Maniac. Well, so did I. Yeah. But And I listened to Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, I know. And, I, and how dare you put Nine Inch Nails with Evanescence? <laughs> <laughs> fucking dumb. How right. dare I? <laughs> anyway, so I loved it a lot. And I was... And you know, every every time there'd be a word of an adaptation coming out of this, I'd be like, no, 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 no. It's not doable. Yeah. It's a fucking mm-hmm. terrible idea. You're not gonna... There's, there's no way you'll make a good visual adaptation of this. Uh, I know. Have, are you aware of where it, that is right now? Um, I believe in my research that there is talk of a TV show. Yes. There was a movie. Of an there, Amazon original series, I think? Uh, I think Netflix. I, Netflix? But I, I, to be honest, I'm not sure. I thought it was Netflix. Um, but originally for a while, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was signed on to yeah. play Morpheus and um, I remember, like, apparently, like, when the writer, like, delivered his script, he, like, walked away from the project and was like, it shouldn't be a movie. Yeah. Um, like, it was um, Eric Herreras, I think. He writes some uh, primarily, know. like, horror films. Yeah, but, like... But he also did the adaptation for Arrival, so he can't be that bad. Oh, cool. Well, he could also do good horror movies, right? Yeah. Well, okay. he did, like, a bunch of, like, bad... Like, uh, he did the, the Nightmare on Elm Street reboots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, maybe at some point, I don't know how screenwriting yeah, you, works. At some point, it could be a good project, then it gets fucked up. Yeah, you write um, a rival. I mean, you you clearly have have game. My boy John Logan fucking wrote uh, Alien Covenant, or he's one yeah, of the writers. Your boy for John that. Logan also wrote Spectre. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, dude, John Logan, uh, John Logan had some really great criticisms about Spectre, where he's like, mm. yeah, we shouldn't have done the whole like, like the whole I'm like, your brother, the whole secrety se- like secrety thing, pretending he's not in it was just so dumb. I was like, in his version, I think. Um, What's his fucking name? The bad guy? Blofeld? Blofeld. Blofeld was like like a like a like a warlord in Africa or something like that. Hmm. Uh and like and like that was kinda racist. That was his whole thing. I yeah, but it wasn't like a you know, it wasn't like that. It was in a racist way. I'm I imagine. I'm probably yeah. they're, they're probably they're doing it in a smarter way. It's the, not like it's like black cat. The, the, the more the Craig Bond films looked like classic Bond films, the worse they got. Yeah. Because, like, also Daniel Craig just doesn't really, uh, when he just acts like regular Bond, it's not that interesting. Yeah, who cares? Anyway. anyway. So Sandman. So yes. that's it. That's all we got to say about Sandman. No, I'm kidding. So how did you like it, Daniel, that you got it ahead of me? You were telling me that yeah. you were enjoying it before I got into it at all. Well, yeah, because, again, like, I'd super, in, I'd be super into, like, I think more than, like, a t- like an anime. I'm looking forward to uh, volume two of this than I'm, I am. I'm so excited for volume two. I, like, I don't give a shit about a film a tv adaptation whatever it doesn't need to be one yeah i, I like but it's you know it's kind of like one of these it's kind of like watchmen where it's like why it doesn't need to be another thing mm-hmm. it's like my it's like one of my favorite books it's like i don't want to see the movie version it's fine the way it is yeah like sandman really is just a comics and mm-hmm. like honestly an audible an audio drama version of it it's like that sounds great cool um so i was really excited for it plus it has a really fucking big cast and yeah. shit uh, I, you know, James McAvoy, and I was like, that's an interesting choice. Like, that's a great choice. And you hear it, and you're like, oh, he's great. He's phenomenal. He is for mostly. Sometimes I feel like he was doing like a comedic tone for certain lines, and I was like, I don't get why he's doing that. I don't, I don't, I don't really necessarily get that read a lot. I think that he is normally very, very staid, very stoic. Yeah. And now and again, when he had to be funny, he was he was adequately funny. I, 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 it's one of those things where it's like I'm a little bit iffy on that because, of course, in the for people who don't know, Morpheus is like essentially has no sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. He speaks in a black word bubble of white font. Yeah. What when uh yeah, when when he's kind of like Anton Sugar who is described as like saying like he he has no sense of humor, but he himself is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh it's, it's like He's a, also but Terry's a huge asshole to women. What's that? 
Huge asshole to women. Oh, Dream, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, not James McAvoy. Not, yeah, I was going to say, love. like, at first of all, I said Anton Chigurh. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Is Anton, you know? is Anton Chigurh canceled? <laughs> yeah, dude, he's over. All right. <laughs> he definitely harassed a few PAs. Yeah, so, and again, like, for people who don't know what what this is kind of the story is about it was kind of neatly described by gaming himself someone asked him like uh it's in my uh endless nights graphic novel oh, where so- cool. someone went up to him and said can you describe sandman in 25 words or less mm-hmm. and he said the lord of dreams is forced to to die or make a change and he makes his choice choice yeah yes and and i think he has a spoilerier one where it's like he's forced to either change or die and chooses to die yeah and my yeah, and the one that he said just like he makes his choice. Whatever. Yeah, yeah it's a spoiler. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't really spoil anything. I knew that thing was going on. Dream Daniel. And I know that. And yeah, the the there's the 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 endless people can essentially quote unquote die, but they're kind of just reborn. Yeah. Yeah. So like like for example, despair died before. Um, yeah, this is the second despair. This is the second despair. There's a second dream in the last novel who is like a child. In yeah, it. he's introduced he, into the whole thing in, 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 what's it called? In Doll's House. Yeah. So um, anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm trying to like, I don't think I've actually said, yeah, no, overall, there there are certain stories in Sandman that I like and certain ones that like I'm less interested in. Mm-hmm. And like for a lot for a lot of it, like listening to the audiobook is kind of like rereading the comics where it's yeah. like the ones I liked, I actually really liked. Like, do, you, do you feel there were there were volumes and stories done better than others for the audio adaptation? I was feeling some of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I feel. Yeah. Like, for example, uh, two of my favorite sandman stories overall uh especially in terms of like the short stories mm-hmm. are in this um the one is uh, uh the sound of her wings when we're introduced to death and like basically that whole thing and whatnot yeah. and that that's one of the best stories in the whole sandman it's great. comics i would say mm-hmm. it's and why, it's why people still love the character of death to this day oh yeah no i i love death the i mean i i feel like this is probably the case for most people who read sandman death is like a highlight yeah a huge highlight yeah death is a great character death and delirium Death and uh, I don't uh, delirium a little bit iffy on. I know a lot of girls who are really into delirium. You, you know why uh, I'm not because uh, of the endless uh, endless nights thing. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the stories in that are some of my favorite stories. Uh, Desire story is great in that. I think I remember. Yeah, that was the one. It's like illustrated by like this Italian artist who's like well, who's like a classically trained artist who basically also does like the dirty comics in Penthouse. Sure. Um, it, it's really fucking cool. Oh, I think that's a funny thing I kind of wanted to bring up to you. That um, so, sorry for interrupting, okay. but um, apparently you remember Sandman a lot better than I do. Oh yeah. Yeah, because yeah. for me, like I, I completely forgot about what a game of you is about. I forget. Yeah. A, I forgot a lot. Of, I forgot who the Corinthian was. I, I was. I was looking up some of this stuff beforehand. Mm. Like honestly, like um, because of this, I I like. There's a character in, in introduced in this one. I'm sorry, I'm going on. I'm, I want to throw it to you, but I haven't reached my point. Sure, go ahead. <laughs> um, but there's a character in this, a minor character named Barbie, who shows up. Who like in like the most again kind of early '90s gothy way. There's a character who's literally like, I get it, I'm Barbie, and he's Ken, huh? Haha. <laughs> live in a dream house. And then at some point, their dreams are kind of like the like like kind of bleed into one another. They kind of find out who they are, and Barbie leads Ken. Yeah. And like you wouldn't think this. There's an entire graphic novel that is where Barbie is the main character and she goes on a magical fantasy quest and like it, it is, it's fucking wild. And it's my favorite, I think of like the larger arcs, I think. Yeah. I think people really, really love that one. Dude, okay. Because Gaiman himself said that 
I just read this. Gaiman said that uh, that's his favorite one, and mm-hmm. he likes it because so many people go like, what was with that? Yeah, that's funny. And, he, and he's like, every time I hear that, I like it more. <laughs> yeah, I have a distinct memory of reading these for the first time, and every time I'd finish a volume, be like, wow, that one was even better than the last one. Yeah. And I think a game of you was the last one where I'm like, this is the best yet. Yeah, the, there's certain ones I don't really remember as well, like mm-hmm. the one where like the people in the are in the cabin in like the snowstorm or whatever. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, you just mentioned it. Oh, We're, it's called The World's End. Yeah. Yeah, the world's end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought there was more to it. Yeah, they kind of end up in like a like a weird magical bar where they yeah. share stories. That one that one I feel like And I, I only remember the one because it's about Prez, the teenage president boy comic, which was I think like a thing I was really preoccupied with like earlier on. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't I don't remember any of those stories. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. We remember very separate things about it. That's in yeah, but um so going back to the thing, I wanna say that like in that one, Endless Nights, some of the stories are really great, some of them are not as good. The the stories for because all the all of them actually have different artists, and I think like Dave McKean does despair and then or mate and or does the delirium one, mm. but those stories are like incomprehensible. Like they're a headache uh-huh. to fucking read, and like I have literally not read them because I'll look at them and I'm just like I hate this. Oh, I hate Dave McKean's the, art. Yeah. <laughs> so here's a, let's get into it. Right? Have you ever read Arkham Asylum? It's unreadable. Oh no, I've tried and I, I hate it. No. So. For people who don't know, look at any kind of cover for Sandman. For some reason, for some reason, there was like a five-year period when people... When did Arkham Asylum come out? Uh, That's a good question. I think like... Uh, also, who did? Who wrote it? Um, Didn't Alan Moore write it? I was going to say, did Alan Moore write it? I remember Brian Bolland. Uh, if, you don't mind, if you don't mind looking at it, there's a five-year period where one of the biggest, the biggest illustrators in, name, in the name of comics was Dave McKean, who would do like a kind of interesting kind of collage style there was something like very arty there's something very beautiful about it yeah to some people uh yeah but i i don't <laughs> think it functions at, oh, grant morrison did it of, of course, course he there fucking you go. did okay, there. Yeah. 89 89 so yeah uh dave mccain did all the cover arts for the individual sandman comics um which works which sure uh <laughs> and he's he did every single fucking page in arkham asylum which is why arkham asylum is unbearable unreadable. I, I, I hate it i think it's unreadable and every time and i think the first time i was really aware of dave mckean is that gabriel there's a book series called the dark tower sure and uh there were some, never heard of there it. are illustrated versions of that and oh he some, does it? some of them are really fun and my favorite of the of the Dark Tower books, which is I, I know it's really divisive, but Wizard book and Glass, four. yeah, Wizard and Glass, book four. Uh, the for some reason, Dave they got Dave McKean to do this in like the height of like late nineties or whatever this was. Okay, and like and like the pictures, it's like it's like yeah, Roland and Roland and his cotet ride horses across the field, and it's like Dave McKean shit. <laughs> It's like a bunch of fucking triangles. I literally want like a classical kind of like romantic Western in a picture. Instead, it's like it's like blocks there. It's a weird combination of cubism and like abstract expressionism. If that makes (sighs) any sense to you. Yeah, it's 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 like like, I I, I don't like his art. I'm curious if like someone if there's like there's people out there who are really into like modern art who would really fucking like it. Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, I hate it. It's so bad. Uh, Can't stand it. He's one of those people I want to get. I want to punch him in the yeah. nuts. Mirror right? mask, not good. Right. I know I, I don't like expressing anger towards someone for creating something, but I do not like Dave McKean's yeah. shit. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Uh, long story short, 
How did you feel about? Because again, you remember different things from this. Yes. Do you? You said like, do you remember a lot of these early stories? No. Weirdly okay. enough, I forgot almost all of it. I okay. really did. That I remember almost everything from Preludes and Nocturnes, okay. Volume One. I don't remember like a lot of the necessary details. I have very like very abstract memories of each one. Did it? Did it feel like you were hearing these for the first time, or that you were like remembering them as they're? I happening? was remembering as they were happening. Okay. That I was like, oh yeah, that that is how that happens. Like there'd be like a shock of recollection, basically mm-hmm. that I'd remember it once it was over. Like I thought I'd for- I forgot like twenty four hours that that really you harrowing that yeah, I forgot about oh, it. I've always remembered that yeah I mean, it's, that, it's that fucking harrowing mind, it's yeah. terrifying yeah. and the audio adaptation of it is outstanding yes I mean like my my main takeaway from this whole thing is that the the production and the adaptation is phenomenally well done Ex- for me with the exception of a, a a large portion all of Jed's early stuff from. Dream country from Dream Country. Yeah. Oh, sorry, doll house. The doll's house. Wait, whatever. Where I'm like, I I was yeah. really grasping at straws to try and figure out who's this other Sandman right now. Who's his wife? <clears throat> What's the deal with Jed? Who is holding him captive? And who are the two monsters? Yeah. And I thought I just missed something because I was playing video games and listening to uh-huh. it. But also, it, it just didn't. I feel like they're, that's where they kind of drop the ball a little bit. No. Because it's very confusing in the comic. Yeah. And they do not do it much more clearly in the prose, it, it, in the audio. That's a great... Thank you so much for remember, for saying that because I, I just remember that too. It's like, y- like usually, again, uh, I forgot how Dirk Mags describes the style. Dirk Mags. It's like a vi- like an audible movie or whatever. Where yeah. th- there's is a really great presence to everything. You understand everything very well. Mm-hmm. The narration helps you really... And during those sections, like there were transitional noises because we're yeah. going from the reality of Jed, this boy being in a basement again, early nineties, dark fucking adult yeah. comics. Um, and then we'd go into his dream space and we'd go into a different person's dream space. Yeah. And like, there There's was a n- shared dream space. There was no, like then a guy is dead, but he's not like they're really like, we needed some like extra narration to really help. And it just yeah. wasn't there. And it was like, I knew what was going on just because like, I kind of remember what happened in the comics a little mm-hmm. bit, but like, I'm, I'm just wondering like, Oh, can anyone fucking follow this? Who doesn't? I thought that was the one time they failed yeah. in the whole production in the whole like 11 hours. The yeah. one thing they failed that was clearly delivered delineating where's what that whole jed mind space because yeah. i would almost tune out because i'm like who what yeah okay okay we're back to rose and and fiddler's green and this is great <laughs> yeah. but i don't know like that that whole journey i think is wonderful but that was the one thing otherwise like if if for so for those of you who have read sandman and you're interested in getting into this mm-hmm. pay the 35 dollars. also right now it's on youtube for free <laughs> i just i found that earlier so, but give it a listen, give it a try, pay the $35. Yeah. It is 100% worth it. Yeah. Like, it was great to dive back into it. McAvoy's amazing in it. And I think everyone does a really, really great job. And I really, I'm, I'm, I'm champing at the bit for the next one. Yeah. No, uh, <clears throat> yeah, no, I, I highly what, recommend. What a joy to rediscover this in this new adaptation. Yeah. Also, because, like, I think it's one of those things where, like, if I had an extra, like, fucking 200 bucks or whatever mm-hmm. if someone was like here's 200 bucks to buy salmon i'd be like okay yeah. but if you're like here's 200 bucks and i'd be like i'm gonna buy heroin you know yeah I like you know like <laughs> i buy skyrim again i'll i'm gonna get something else like but like should i, I buy skyrim i've always if it's like 15 bucks it, buy the 15 bucks on, on playstation well, I want 4 on switch it's not worth it well, I want switch. it's not worth it 
I know. It's I, literally I, the same game. I know. I'm not, I'm not going to Buy the cheaper version. <laughs> I guess so. Like, out of anything, want. dig up the PlayStation 3 and get your My fucking PlayStation, PlayStation It doesn't work 3. anymore. I know. But, like, just buy the PlayStation 4. Like, right. yeah, anyway. Go on. Uh, but the... So, like... Uh, actually don't remember what it was. Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's a problem with adaptation, rediscovering it. Oh, no, I'm just saying like, like, no, this, yeah, this is a great chance for me especially to kind of revisit this. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to. I've always liked yeah. Sandman, even though as much as I can complain about Neil Gaiman. Mm-hmm. And again, he's an easy target to kind of brush off or kind of mock because again, it's a very, very artistic, intelligent, yeah. very mature comics that goes very, very dark. At the same time, very gothy, very pretentious. And it's still very comic book Very fairy tale Swamp Things in this. Swamp Things in this. Uh, Martian Manhunter, that fucking nerd shows yeah, up. Yeah, I love that dude. So, like, I mean, come on, his name is Martian Manhunter. Yeah. That, a, that is a bad name. His name is John Jones, but then everyone's Call him John him Jones. Well, whatever. everyone else does. James John, James, what's his name? What? John Jones. John Jones? John Jones. That's also a bad name. J apostrophe O-N-N, J apostrophe O-N-N. Oh, that's the name I saw. Remember I said John Jones? Oh! Yeah. <laughs> Let me look up who did I'm that. Like, John Jones? What are you talking about? You should know that shit. One second. But I don't I'm... know. I thought, you're, I thought you were talking about, like, like Jack Kennedy Jr. That's it. But I just want to go into the... But no, like, like I, I really like the Dr. Destiny story. Oh, it's, it's like, so much of it is yeah. incredible. He... Like, I, yeah. I, 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 this is, this is a, a new sterling model for me. Like, I'd said before, the best um, audio book I ever heard maybe still is Colin Firth's um, end of the affair. Mm -hmm. But this as a whole production is unreal. Great. Yeah. It's really cool to see. And again, like this isn't anything new. This has apparently been going on forever. It's just, Mm -hmm. you know, like, unfortunately I wasn't a big fan of the alien three one. I didn't find it that interesting. Yeah. I think I'm going to look into Dirk Magsima, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide stuff. That sounds super worth it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm a big, I'm Douglas Adams fan. Yeah. That'd be, no, that'd be a fantastic thing to have. Just like imagine a bunch of actors doing those characters. I'm sure. Yeah. That sounds great. But, uh, but no, I just want to say real quick is that like sometimes like re- like hitting some of these old, these stories that I remember kind of like being like not crazy about like the whole dream vortex thing. I was never, yeah. it just kind of felt like a threat has happening. You know? But they do it. They do it in a very nice roundabout way. They, I forgot about the vortex shit until the whole whole serial convention wrapped up. Yeah, I remember the serial convention. Same thing with like the Corinthian a little bit, where like the Corinthian, the Corinthian, I feel like gets built up a lot. Yeah, only for it to kind of end like and just goes like and it's gone, yeah. and then the next thing you know, it's like then the Corinthian is back and he's Guys, new. It's a real one punch man kind of deal where uh, yeah. you spend the whole time being like, oh boy, how are we gonna get out of this one? Except we know that Dream's gonna show up and end it with a wave of his fingers because he's the Dream because he's, he's the fucking concept, he's the concept yeah he's of fucking God. So, but it's, it's pretty, it's still really cool. And I, and I, and again, I can't stress enough how much I love the stories of a dream of a thousand cats and the sound of her wings. The sound yeah. of her wings is fucking great. Yeah. I For mean, me, really. the, my favorite one has always been the Hob Gadling one. The one about like his buddy who refuses to die. I, I've, I've always been mixed on the Hob Gadling stories and the William Shakespeare ones. Gabriel, how much of a fan are you of the, the Midsummer's Night Dream? Uh, I'm not a Shakespeare happened? scholar. So for me, a lot of it. Um, goes over my head okay. that I like Shakespeare a lot. I mean, uh, I like any chance I can get to see a Shakespeare production, I'll go for it. Uh-huh. But I'm I don't read it. I think you're not supposed to read it. You're not supposed to read it. You're not supposed to read it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and so I it, I remember the art being stunning, but I also just didn't really care. Yeah, Gabriel, you know that I like Shakespeare. I know you like um the nerd writer. Uh yeah, I like that nerd. What? <laughs> oh, the, didn't you? You didn't rewatch it for this for this episode? 
the nerd oh writer. that's right no he did one for that yeah, no i forgot about all that. about the midsummer nights all about oh, the shakespeare stuff no, i should rewatch that no i actually yeah. forgot about that entirely no i was gonna say i'm a i'm a i'm a shakespeare fan yeah there there are ones i like more some of them i don't and midsummer's night dream and the tempest are two stories that i never really yeah. got, i know very little about both of those because there haven't i mean it is the fact that like there there haven't been that many great like adaptations about it mm-hmm. and i haven't seen any performances and that is the way to kind and of that's not going to change for a while that's how you're supposed to like absorb Shakespeare. It's yeah. not, it's not something to be read. It is something to be performed. Yeah. To be experienced. So, so yeah, like I, I don't really know Midsummer's Night Dream. So I feel like a lot of th- that story kind of does for me is like, what? Yeah, All right. it's kind of lost on us. It's kind of lost on me a little bit. It really is. And I feel like if I knew what the fuck mm-hmm. that story is about, it would be probably mind blowing, yeah. but it's not. And, yeah. but it's, I just wanted to bring that up because, um, yeah, cause it's a huge piece of Sandman lore and symbolism. But, yeah. you know, for me, it, it doesn't hit as hard as a John Constantine story because I love Constantine. Yeah. And his whole story, I mean, like, love it. And that that was... Taron Edgerton's basically not in the whole thing except for that thing. Yeah. And his little bit as Constantine, which I didn't buy at first, but by the very end, I dug it. And his little... And I've always remembered, not to jump ahead to my hazy memory, but from the book, I've always remembered that little bit where Constantine walks away singing Mr. Sandman to himself. Yeah. And the way they fade that out beautifully musically in this audio adaptation is great. Yeah. Tyne. 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 Yeah, no, no, no. Okay. But Gabriel, uh, I'm sorry. I feel like we can. I can go on a little bit. I, I want to bring that up because also on top of this, remind me. The final two stories in the entire Sandman thing, except for like over, except for Overture and Endless Nights. Yeah. They are the hop, there, there is like a Hobgadling story and a Shakespeare story, right? Yeah, the, the last official one is a Shakespeare one. Yes. And then there's a Hobgadling one. I think that's just, that's not a full issue. That's just kind of like a little bit. What was the second this last? little vignette kind of thing. Yeah, what was the second last comment? I don't recall. Okay. I recall the last Shakespeare thing. I don't actually remember too much from the, the last volume, The Wake. Yes. Yeah. The Wake. Uh, I barely remember. It's one of those things that I forgot that there was like, oh, that's right. There's like another dream. Yeah. And his name is Daniel. His Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> but no, and uh, yeah, it, it was always that thing you expect like, like, oh, for wh- everything that happens, it, like kind of big finish. Instead, it's like a couple quiet little stories. And it, at the end, it's just like Shakespeare going like, God damn it. I was Shakespeare. And then he dies Fuck. or something. Uh, here's my story. It's, it's about a tempest. So anyway, anyway, so that's me petering out. Um, Gabriel, uh-huh. one little thing we need to do to talk about the story. It's a little thing brought to us by our friends from the East Coast. Yay. Hurricane season right now. Uh-huh. Uh, 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 our buddies uh, called Whip and Around. Yeah, everyone, please <laughs> listen to the Whip Around podcast for all your weird news and needs. They are very good friends where Shauna B. Horny and Dr. Phil Laporta discuss all things weird news, science, and the macabre. They gave me a couple really nice shout outs a couple weeks ago that, like, the one episode I missed, like, I listen <laughs> every week. I missed an episode, then I missed another one, and then I listened to it, and I cut out right before they're like, oh, yeah, and our good friend Gabe. And I'm like, God damn it, I knew the one fucking time. I'd miss it. <laughs> so um uh, they we, they they talk cocktails and they played our ad again and so give them, give them a listen they're great because Shawnee B Horny gave us the greatest gift of all a recurring segment called yes. Hazy Memories. Memories. So Daniel, it's the first time we did that. That's yeah, it yeah. worked out great. So ten years from now, yes. actually it's been ten years. Yeah. What do you remember from the very first time you read this? That's gonna linger in your memories. And in ten years from now, someone stops yeah. you and says, "Hey, have you read the Sandman? What memory lingers with you? What's the number one?" There are so many different hazy memory moments I want to bring up. 
for example, I was thinking about this, and I thought it was a story from Endless Nights, and it's not even in this. Endless Nights. It's not even in this. Where like there's a story where um where like a like the the king of Baghdad or whatever kind of like wishes like his like kingdom to be like contained in a dream or something like that mm-hmm. and whatnot like it's like what where was that and i forgot that it was and i was like what what, what happened there and i kind of want to revisit that that was a hazy memory but it's not mm-hmm. even evolved and in this it's like no there are lots of hazy memories yeah a lot or how about this what well, was your haziest from these volumes um from 10 years ago oh, that's, and it's 10 years so from many now, if someone's <laughs> yeah. like what's your hazy memory oh have you listened to the audible sandman what's your audible sandman hazy memory what well probably some of my like biggest hazy memories because like i'll forget about the cat story and then like i looked at the name of that like a dream of a thousand cats oh my god I, New Earth. I love that one um bb new earth from those shows i didn't really absorb <laughs> uh but no i think for one i think both of them will be from the uh the sound of her wings uh story sure uh for me the one hazy memory i think that always comes to mind when i come when i think of sandman is uh, Death's introduction where uh, Dream is just feeding pigeons and like this? He's like in Washington Square Park or something. Yeah, he like he literally is in Washington Square Park, and it's like they're describing the fountain and how like the fountain's off and whatnot. Yeah. Um. But uh. And like he's like literally feeding pigeons, feeling like sorry about himself, and then like <laughs> this like cute goth girl kind of like walks up and starts like, like, "Hey, what's up, man?" And starts like quoting like like Mary Poppins. Yeah. And then before she goes like, "All right, what's going on?" Oh, were, were you gonna play a sample for us? You, you cued the thing. Yeah, here it is. Oh, hello there, young lady. Hi. Are you are you my sister, Death? Yeah. Why are you approaching me? <laughs> I don't know. All right. Anyway. God damn it. So you're gonna get that going for like ten more minutes. I didn't realize that. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't read this. I didn't read the room there. Go on, Gabriel. But um, I think like that that is one of like the big kind of haze of memories. And I think in terms of like going back in time, going like thinking about um like the audiobook. Also from that thing, the story of the like the old Jewish guy playing violin, dying in his room alone and everything like that. I remember that I remember that entire chapter just being really fucking like special. Uh-huh. And then hearing that particular one immediately like it really like hits. That's cool. Yeah, it really does. So that's I think those are my hazy memories that mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's a lot here because, again, it is a lot. There it's are a lot. There's a lot of stories. Mm-hmm. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. So hazy memories. I'm going to throw that back at you. I'm, do you find this easy as <laughs> or as difficult as, 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 as I had with this? Well, the funny thing is that when it comes to the reading again, I've forgotten everything that I haven't read these since 2005. It's mm-hmm. been 15 years since I read these, and I read them straight in a row, and I haven't reread them since. I, I did that too. I was literally like, I would buy, I would, I would check one no, uh, graphic novel out, and then like when yeah. I was done, I would just go, I would like, like pick like up the next library, two, pick up the next like two, yeah. and hurry through them. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm shocked at how little I remember, but okay. I remember most from the reading. I remember the Constantine stuff because as I've gotten older, that's one thing that stuck with me. I've always been, I've always wanted to read the rest of those runs. I just never did. That and um, maybe the clearest, um, the clearest Sandman comics memory I have is of the challenge. He uh, he goes to hell. Yes. He meets Lucifer, who is just David Bowie, <laughs> and he uh, and like he um, uh, Dream has this weird challenge of yeah. like a, of a word game he plays kind of like gatekeeper this word Good game people. he plays against this demon and like <laughs> i'll think about that all the time to this day about having like a, it's like and i am anthrax yeah yeah no, like, no, i am hope like, yeah oh, dream, that's cool dream dream kind of like double dips the same kind of concept where it's like it's like oh they're in hell 
And even like they have like all of nihilism and basically dream, you know, throws up like that kind of like blind spot of like, I am hope or like, you know, what, what is hell without a dream of heaven or whatever, you know? Yeah. And it's cool. It, it was right. I completely, I, it's one of those things where like, I forget everything about that. And then kind of like, once he gets to hell, I immediately remember that hope shit and everything like yeah. that. Like, yeah. Maybe, but for me though, the audible production, maybe my hazy memory is going to be just that little bit of Taron Edgerton singing Mr. Sandman. Mm-hmm. Or it's going to be, I, I forgot about the cat thing. Okay. The cat thing is great. And Baby North does an amazing job. So there's, there's going to be a lot to embrace, a lot to hold on to. I mean, the, the performance of, uh, of all the serial killers, like Mr. Nimrod and Funland. Yeah. It's, it's deeply upsetting. <laughs> Again, deeply, late 80s, early 90s, dark yeah. adult things, like that Funland character. And the way and the art worked back then along with it it's it's so the coloring oh. and the inking it's it's so wild here's here's something and we're just going on forever i don't give a shit it's fine um i'm you, not editing this apparently there was a uh th- there was like an artist who neil gaiman wanted originally he did like the first five issues and then like quit or was yeah. fired or something um Kreef? thank god because his illustrations <laughs> suck um and then like whoever like was like was like the main illustrator i mean he regularly went through like sam keith was the original and then mike dringenberg did a lot more than okay, took over from him thank god he's gone i hate his his like his looks like a little too cartoony it's a little too 90s and cartoony yeah, yeah it's kind of yeah. odd yeah. oh and also the calliope thing that's another one that i for completely forgot about but listening to it again i'm like oh yeah this is this is devastating yeah it's it's fucking terrible <laughs> and there's that there's that little passage that 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 neil gaiman reads where it's like so this this struggling author buys a muse a, a captured goddess like a literally like nymph like nymph, nymph muse and literally this naked woman he buys it from like an elderly writer yeah and then it's like he, he takes her home and the first thing he does is rape her because in his mind he well first he thinks he's been robbed because oh no what if this was a real girl and i did something wrong mm-hmm. but when he discovers the ideas flow through he continues raping her yeah and i'm like Jesus. Supposedly, and I read this thing where, like, apparently, like, this is like the first instance of a story that this happens, but that story concept became like almost overly used. The kidnap muse. Yeah, like the kind of kidnap muse, or this idea where like someone wants to capture a muse and like abuse them for like power or inspiration yeah, or whatever. Makes me think of uh, fables. Something like that. Yeah, like a fables kind of thing. So there's stories like stories like that, and there's I feel like there's stories here that we're also gonna like forget that they're there because again, there's so much stories. But hey, and it's awesome, and, and it's. I don't think I'm gonna listen to the whole eleven hours again for a very long time. Yeah. But I'm glad I have it, and I want to be able to tell everyone to listen to it. Yeah, and again, like I, I but then again, I, I, I'm almost right now kind of excited about listening to on uh, the sound of her wings. Uh, Kat Denning's great. Kat Denning's great. Kat Denning's did a great job. Super cash. Yeah, super fun, cash. Friendly, charming. Yeah, no, really, it's just perfect. One over like that. Everyone's everyone's really great. Um, and again, I'm really excited to hear the future ones. Like, yeah, I can't. It can't come soon enough because I di- I don't really care too much about Dream House, mm-hmm. Doll's House, Doll's House, whatever. Dream, no, Dream Country, whatever. Dream I kind of that was a, an amalgamation. Sure. Um, but like, I was looking forward to like the 24 hour diner one and like the, yeah, and the oh jo- Doctor Doctor Destiny stuff. Like that stuff was interesting. Then I was like, then the other ones I was like, I was like yeah, whatever. But like, I can't wait for a game of you. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for um, I, your favorite is the 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 road trip one, right? Which one was that the one? The one where Delirium and Dream going across country. Oh, I remember country. loving that one. But if, yeah. if I recall correctly, I again, I don't remember so much. I remember, I have a, I have a wonderful hazy memory of like the badass moment where Delirium acts sane yeah. for a moment. And that's a great moment. 
that might be like my number one hazy memory from the whole series. But yeah, plus the ending. Plus the ending's great. Yeah. But I think like um uh, my favorite back then when I first read it, my favorite was a game of you. Oh yeah. Which is funny that I don't remember any of it anymore. Oh, I, I, all I knew is that it was about Barbie. It, it's really hard in the beginning when Martin Tenbones gets fucking Martin Tenbones gets fucked up by like the the NYPD or whatever to to deliver a message to Barbie into the in the real oh, world. I don't remember that. Oh my god. Uh, no, it's it's hard because essentially it is Martin Tenbones, this big friendly like like uh, uh what's the 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 dragon dog from uh, Neverending Story. Uh, uh, Falcor? Dra- Falcor, thing. I was like, Dracor? What's his name? Falcor. <laughs> it's like if Falcor showed up and he's being shot by police and bleeding, goes up, it's like, Gabriel, I just want you to know that your kingdom needs you. I have fulfilled my duty. And then dies. Awesome. <laughs> like, it's, That's so good. Uh, but uh, no, I'm looking forward to all those. Uh, uh, like, yeah, no, just uh, I'm really looking yeah. forward to. I can't wait. The, and in a way that I wasn't looking forward to Dream Country or Doll's House yeah. as much. I'm loving Dream Country and Season of Mists. I'm looking. That's another thing that like I knew I loved Season of Mists, where his whole thing is rescuing, uh, is getting Naja out of them, out of hell. Yes. Oh, that's oh, that's the one that comes after the. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to that too. When, uh, yeah. Uh, well, we I guess we're not going to spoil it for the people who don't know. Yeah, it, but yeah, no, but, it's a really great. Yeah, one. guys, read the series and get this Audible book because mm-hmm. it's phenomenal. And you can do it while you walk or drive or fucking go on the treadmill. Yeah. So, Gabriel. Uh-huh. We've been going on for a long time. Let's we have. Take this book. Bye. Take your phone with the app on the Audible app and the, just throw the, it across the, the room book. like I just did. Yep. Gabriel. Oh, my God. What are we doing next? You, you talk about this. Oh, so I think it's still going to be a surprise. We are going okay. to be. Um, we are going to have a special guest out Ooh, on the show where we don't want to reveal because the secret and the and the, the reveal is too much fun uh-huh. we are doing a, a a wonderful little bit of nonfiction that i've uh-huh. been enjoying it's it's been very very it's been a very captivating read uh-huh. but we have a special guest doing this nonfiction read coming next week but after that daniel yes is it time for redwall it is time for redwall gabriel i was just on the east coast i have a physical copy of this book I think I do too somewhere. I have it here, uh, so I'm kind of torn on when I because like I said this before, I have the phys- I have a paperback right now of it, but there's also two aud- audiobook versions. There mm-hmm. is a regular audiobook, and then there's a full cast reading. Oh, there's a full cast reading. Yeah, but I kind of heard it. and I wasn't excited about it. It was like it was like too fast. That's fine. Like people are just kind of talking so, about. You know, I was thinking <laughs> let's so. After, after, so we'll do Redwall, mm-hmm. but I think we should do a fun thing. We should find a way to make, like, I think we should just go full hog, all Redwall down the line. Uh-huh. And we will find some way, like, maybe we're going to roll dice and pick which one to do next. Or, or, or we'll do our favorites and yeah. we'll do kind of like a, a, a dart throw. I, I was going to say, do you want to, like, take turns on, like, be like, hey, we'll do, we're first starting with Redwall. You pick one. I think we should do a pot of our favorites and okay. then and then find a way to randomize it. So that way we don't know what's next. How about if we write down the names of five of our favorites and then like put them in thing and then we'll randomly select Perfect. It. Let's do that. Dealios. Mm-hmm. I already know like my five. I don't. Oh. They're all the same. Whatever. No, they're not. <laughs> they're not. One's about fucking rabbits. One, yeah, one's <laughs> about rabbits. That's my favorite. One's about rabbits. One's about fucking seafaring marmots. <laughs> <laughs> one's about a girl and her weapon's a rope. And then other than the sequels about her dad? Like the last five books are 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 about like boats. Uh, I think I what are they? I think they're what are, what, what are they? like someone. I think they're the rabbits on the boat. Last one I read was Tagarung. No, whatever. It's about an otter who right. thinks he's a pirate. Okay, but I tell you what, let's let's end the thing. All right, Gabriel um, plugs. Okay, um, ladies and gentlemen, 
please check out the other Top Gallant radio show. We're very proud of it. It is called AP Film, taught by film school professionals, where Katie Kometz and Malo Morones, your intrepid film school professors, teach you film school movies. Yeah. And um, they don't know what they're doing. They're drinking a lot of wine, but they have a lot of really wonderful insight. I believe they are, uh, they're wrapping up another one of their courses soon. And they're doing it. They just did a Christopher Nolan kind of episode, and then their next uh, um, their next syllabus is coming up soon. So give them a listen, give them a subscribe, give them a review. They're not on Stitcher yet. I think Daniel's working on that. Yeah, I need to talk to you about that. Uh oh. <laughs> but anyway, so please give them a follow and a listen because they are great and we love them. Um, listen to Self Evident Asian American Stories. I produce one of the stories on there about the Asian American experience. Um, it's heavy. My episode is called The Talk We Were Supposed to Have. It was featured on both the AV Club and aired on San Francisco Public Radio. So please give them a listen and support the show. And follow me on Instagram at read.richards. Read like reading a book. Daniel. Yeah, and again, you can always buy my fiction right now. Available wherever you want your ebooks, but specifically you can get the physical copies right now only on Amazon. They are oh, oh, The oh. Shadow from the Deep yeah, yeah, and yeah. A Cook in the Kingdom. Hey. Also right now, I contributed and helped a little bit to the new Wondery show, Guru. Fuck yeah. The Dark Side of Enlightenment. So definitely check that out. Apparently like they, re- they released like two, um, what do you call it, episodes, kind of like bonus episodes already. So oh. I think I think uh, as of like re- recording this, there's like, I think eight episodes out. Oh. Sorry, I'm sampling a burp. Sure. Uh, so yeah, definitely check that out. It's really fucking interesting, and I'm uh, really, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking enthused that I was and uh, that I helped. Yeah, be and everything like that. So that's it. That's the end of the stupid fucking ninety-minute episode. Yeah, rate, review, and subscribe, everyone. Right, yeah, all right. Goodbye. All right, whatever. bye. We love you. Top Gallant Radio, brought to you by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabe Mara. <laughs>